All right, let's get serious, everybody. Welcome to Vleeties. No geezy this week. Family emergency, okay? Family emergency. Uh, prayers up for Geezy's family, uh, for his father-in-law. Uh, I haven't done an Islandish Catholic in a while. I was called out by somebody in my family today, so that will return this week. Uh, keep an eye, keep your eyes peeled. What does that mean, Gino? When people tell you to keep your eyes peeled, I think it's just to make sure they're peeled open instead of closed, so you're prepared for as soon as it comes out. You see, right? You keep those eyes peeled. The mana is real. He hate me. Just cast a stay safe spell. So my name is Ryan Van Vliet. Welcome to Vleeties. We're here live. Trovo.live slash Vleeties. I'm sitting across the table from my main man, Sonic Gino. Sonic Gino, how are you on uh, Moose's made his impact debut anniversary day? This is just an amazing anniversary of Moose's impact debut that we should always remember how great that was and how amazing Moose is as a wrestler. He's one of the best parts of impact wrestling every single week. When you get to see him, Moose day is the best day. He's awesome. I don't think anyone would deny, like when I watch impact, he's clearly one of the main reasons that I stick around, you know, like, uh, there, there are some things on impact where you're kind of like, I don't know what, what the direction is. Some stuff is so great. Some guys leave. That's always been like my biggest complaint with impact of recent is like, Oh, I really like this Jake something. They're doing some really good stuff with him. Oh, he's gone. Oh, you know what? I'm finally starting to come around on these Reno scum guys. Oh, they're gone. Uh, okay. Hey, I, you know, it, it, People just, they come in, they work for a little while, and then they're gone. People like Laredo Kid, is he even, like, officially, like, an impact guy? I just saw him wrestle a match. So, yes, so many, so many things have been changing. But, you know, let's go to what really matters, okay? I watched, where do we start? This is interesting. So, I watched a video today of Jordan Grace put out, what was her defamatory tweet that started the whole thing? So, for those who don't know, Jordan Grace is the current Impact Knockouts champion, and she said some defamatory marks about Chris Benoit. The marks was that she said this was a chill take. Apparently, actually turned out to be a very hot take. But I guess it might have been like just a joke way of her saying it's a chill take. That yeah. over like about a hundred percent of people today, wrestlers today, could work better than Chris Benoit did at his time. So why did she do that though? Like, do you, is there a reason why she targeted Chris Benoit specifically? Because that just first of all, you don't want to attack somebody who's dead. Like, that's always a weird, like, you know, I'm, you know, so-and-so was a huge piece of shit and they did this. It's like, are they here here to, def to defend themselves? No, not really. But, ah, uh, whatever. Fucking kick dirt on them. These guys sucked. Like, Buddy Rogers never worked a hold in his life. Like, it's just an odd choice to, for her to do that. Like, if she would have said Hulk Hogan couldn't, couldn't compete with today's wrestling, then, yeah, we'd all just agree and laugh and go, ha-ha, that's a chill take, Jordan. We already know that one. But for her to call out Chris Benoit, that is a really hot take because for people that have watched wrestling for, you know, 25 years like I have, I I would never even – like I think Chris Benoit matches are better or, I mean, or just as good as some of the matches that we see today. Do you know why she would go specifically into Chris Benoit? I don't know exactly why she made this decision to go out to Chris Benoit. I don't know if it was a decision like or like a discussion her and John the Gretsch Matt being like – discussing all the people that they've worked with and seeing like if they can compare with Benoit or like seeing if they even can compare like I don't understand like how it came about why all of a sudden this was her decision to make this tweet just one day randomly and then to fall back on it to make the donation she did later yeah because that's such a strange like let me take a shot it's not even like his dark side of the ring came out like yesterday because that would have been a time where hey we're all talking about Chris and how great of an in-ring competitor he was take a shot then take a shot hey 
Thank you, B2, for just becoming a subscriber to Vleeties right here on Trova.live slash Vleeties. And I have a subscribe star, a subscribe star, Gino. Subscribestar.com slash Vleeties. Nathan is my producer. He's been telling me that it's a disgrace that I haven't uploaded every Vleeties. Here I am thinking, I need to get a Meteorfire account. I already have a Google Drive account, a Google One account. I'm just going to upload them all there. Put some share links on Subscribestar. I... I I have a job this weekend, Gino. I have a lot of things going on. No dinner parties on the on the docket yet, but I need to get these episodes on Subscribestar.com. B2 says tonight's topic is why want Geno's fat ass daily burn with us. Gino, that is a good B2 question. B2 says tonight's topic. Are you anti-daily burn? What's going on here? I always felt like when I do work out, I do it on like my own pace. I don't feel like the whole daily burn idea, like the whole H-I-T-T, H-I-I-T, I mean. The high intensity training does work for me. Like what I do is like whatever my body can physically do for a period of time. So like what I've been doing is apparently like every other day now, not as frequently as I probably should, is about like four sets of twenty push ups and squats. Hell yeah. So I'm at least know. doing something at least keep up. That's gonna like try and do that so I can then reach a better goal of like more than a hundred each session. You're like the one punch man. You're on his workout routine. You're just trying to do one thousand push ups, one thousand sit ups and running like a 10 a 10 kilometer or something just trying to keep it basic uh and i agree with b2 in the chat though you do have to kind of leave your comfort zone but i'm just happy you're doing some fitness see i i've turned into so I, like some weeks i'm really gino we got to fix you and then other weeks i'm like gino let's talk about impact uh so i don't know this week you i, I at least you said you're doing push-ups i was like great good he's doing something b2 we got to take the victories where we can get them okay uh, we had a good Monday Night Raw. Let's just keep celebrating life as much as we can. Uh, tonight, today's Ralphie's birthday, so that was exciting. My son had a birthday, and Geezy's got some terrible things. We're just a whirlwind of emotions. There were no mass shootings today, thank God. So, or there probably wasn't. I just it didn't make the news. But Gino, um, so Jordan Grace attacks Chris Benoit for apparently no reason. It really comes out of nowhere, and so she thought she would be able to make a comment like that. And the wrestling, because the wrestling world, for what it is, you know, there are people like, you know, I, Chris Jericho has argued Chris Benoit's not in the Hall of Fame because it's a Hall of Fame. It's celebrating WWE. It's not necessarily like, hey, you're good at doing snap suplexes. Like, that's not what the Hall of Fame is. So, yeah, Benoit doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. But there's wrestling fans that argue he's one of the greatest in-ring te uh, technicians of all time. Obviously, he belongs in some sort of WWE or Wrestling Hall of Fame. He was a World Heavyweight Champion. How do you not automatically plug him in to your Hall of Fame? And so when she sends a tweet out like that, she's got to know the Chris Benoit stands are, are ready to attack. And that's true. There should, she should be prepared that all these stands are going to go after her, just like Seth Rollins should know when he went after Sa Sasha Banks. His entire Twitter was going to be attacked those years yeah. back to the point that he deleted his Twitter. She, thankfully, Jordan Grace this time, did not want to delete her Twitter. She just decided, you know, I'm going to make this donation and be, a, in a sense, a better person, realizing the mistake she made, even though she took it a different way that people probably thought she should have taken the... So uh, I... I put a comment on this video, though, because I, I saw, you know, you even said, like, she made the donation and this is good. I was like, whoa, Gina, hold on. We hate when people do public charity donations, I thought. Like, because this is clearly, and Kevin even brought it up, like, it's only $5,000. Like, that's a booking for her. So she's tweeting one night's, or she's donating two, like, maybe two nights worth of, two nights worth of work. And she's doing it publicly to try and get the Twitter marks to stop attacking her. 
isn't she just doing what WWE does with North Texas Food Bank? And isn't that similar when you're just, hey, I said something stupid or I did something bad. I want you to like me again. Here's some money to charity. I it is similar, but I do feel at least with but it's WWE again. With my perspective, is it's the company. The company is doing this to make them look good, especially now with all these scandals. I'm sure we're gonna find out Vince is gonna do something big for charity <laughs> right. very soon, and it's gonna try to make him look good after all this scandal. Battered so women's shelter is about to be loaded <laughs> with money from from VKM. But I looked at the, I looked at it similarly, where it was Jordan Grace. Even you say WWE, the company. Let's talk about Jordan Grace, the brand. Like this is somebody who works. And Impact Wrestling, she signed a five-year deal a couple years ago. And, of course, when that deal runs out, she's only going to be like 28 or 29. This is somebody that's going to want to look at AEW, look at WWE. She's got to protect the Jordan Grace brand, brother. So I, that's that's the only thing I thought. And then and then for it to be like, let's pledge 20000 I'll donate one-fourth. Like, hey, everybody, let's all jump in and do this together. Uh, it just – it all felt like such pandering after make, – and what was her remark – about CTE at all? Wasn't it just he couldn't he couldn't have matches like we have now? It wasn't that kind of the argument. That's the whole thing is that people were telling her that your take is bad because you're thinking about the wrestler and her whole take was about the wrestler. So she did realize like she did make a mistake. So she's trying to focus it more on the CT. That's why like her, Jericho, Chavo, and I forget the fourth person that's working behind this whole like Conan campaign or somebody. Now. Yeah, yeah, Conan. They're all behind this campaign now that she's wanting to donate this $5,000 for. So, again, it's also them wanting to support her in this way of moving on from that bad thing. I don't know. Well, and it, is it even that – now Now I might go in the other way. Is it even that bad of a t- – just, just put it out there and let everyone get mad, and then who gives a shit? Like, why – people say dumb things. Remember a go-go? Like, remember a go-go got her to delete Twitter just by, like, t- calling her husband short? Like, she's deleted her Twitter for a lot less. She said something incredibly, whether you call it ignorant, it's all an opinion. So, you know, now, I would much rather watch Chris Benoit versus whoever. You could have Chris Benoit versus Great Khali right now, and I would probably watch that over most Jordan Grace matches. Like, Chris Benoit in the ring, I think, was one of the greatest ever. I think, Kevin, yeah, in the chat, Kevin, like, brought it up. He 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 looked awful. He couldn't. He his promo was bad. His he had like even in the chat says he had no charisma. I would argue his charisma was only because he was so good in the ring, and we all just kind of respected him as no. This is a guy who makes everything look real. When you watch a Benoit match, it felt like a real fight. Like, when I watch Miz on Monday Night Raw, it feels so safe. Like nobody's has anyone ever been hurt besides our truth in a Miz match. Like it just it's. You're, you're going to be taken care of. Don't worry. He could work with Cody Rhodes' torn pack. There'd be no issue with Miz being able to pose in the corner and and pr- frolic around the ring. Everyone's going to be fine. Benoit was so good at it. So for and for her take, just let that be your take. Who cares? Like uh, you, everybody really likes Will Ospreay. Uh, I think if Will Ospreay wrestled 20 years from now, he wouldn't even be able to lace my boots. And that's something like since you even brought up Will Ospreay and I brought up Seth Rollins earlier, the yeah. whole Twitter beef between those two when they were having their little opinions back and forth, 
they didn't try to go on like, oh, my take was a little bit too Four far that they had to donate. They just kept on and kept their take going with how they perspect like their perspective of shit. But the only time when Seth Rollins decided, oh, okay, God, delete my Twitter is when he went after Sasha Banks and talked shit about her, and the Twitter stands made him delete his Twitter. Yeah, well, and <laughs> which nobody makes anyone delete their Twitters, which I love that. Like, it really should just just delete the app. Maybe just close your phone for a day. I, I enjoy that these wrestlers get so dramatic that the Twitter account just gets deleted. This will turn it all off. Uh, I, I'm going to look at it if I don't delete the account, okay? I'm going to keep the app, but I'm, I need to get the account gone. I want it gone. Uh, and yeah, and even in the chat, you would think Jordan Grace would have thicker skin after the Agogo stuff. And why wouldn't you be like, we watch, I mean, I watch, but you know, there, I was watching sports shows today that were talking about, you know, oh, well, Who's Kevin Durant going to be a Robin for? Who's his Batman? Like, like so, something degrading like that. Like, you're no Batman. You're a Robin, you piece of shit. Like, all of that is clearly just trying to, to, to make waves. So for her to make a comment like that, and then it turns into I'm FaceTiming with, Dave, with David Benoit, it's such a strange turn to protect her brand. Like, oh, wait. I shouldn't say – honestly, people shouldn't tweet at all. Like, that's it. like, you should just tweet like I do. Like, I'm doing this right now. Come and check it out. Like, there's never really a reason to give an opinion on anything. Like, like I'm watching the January 6th hearing. Don't put anything after that. Just leave it there, Gino. So, uh, yeah, she had some egg on her face, and it doesn't change anything. I mean, she she grew up uh, – what, she's a Steiner fan. So, for her, it's probably like, – I like – and it doesn't seem like she likes early Steiner. She's younger than me. So, she definitely likes WCW, or she probably likes versus Triple H Scott Steiner, like can barely move. This guy's awesome. And she probably watches Benoit matches. Like, who's this short fuck? And that might be the case. And that's something like the whole muscle worship, the real good Scott Steiner, the part when Steiner was like the biggest star that we could think of because of his muscle, because of his power that we thought he had and he really did have and then the whole steroid shit where he wouldn't take a steroid test unless Triple H did and they never asked for him to take a steroid test again which is the best story so again Scott Steiner the man she realized you know I want to epitomize my entire life and make my life like him and she did and I feel Big Mom Pump is a really good wrestler I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes in the future if she stays with Impact I'm assuming that's going to be where she goes I'm assuming she's leaving I, I think she signed a really lengthy contract and, and at the time she signed it I think AEW's women's division wasn't very good uh, WWE's wasn't very good uh, it would, this was during the time where you and I would like try and tell people no Impact's women's division is the best by far the best now I would argue it's kind of rough. Women's wrestling as it stands right now probably isn't – we had like a whole women's revolution. Now I'm watching Raw. I watch Raw, and one thing I'll give Raw credit for is there were more than one women's match, which during when I was a kid, that would never have happened, and the women would have had a one-minute match. They had two matches that were pretty lengthy. Uh, there were promos from women. So I, – I, and I get it, you know. I know people aren't. You know, people aren't super. Long, catch the buzz, feel the sting. Thank you, G Spot, for the mandate. That's our that's our president enjoying some ice cream. And yeah, even in the chat, Dakota says AEW's women's division uh, got worse somehow. Like it's every the more they add and the more convoluted it gets, the less direction their women's division has. So like even Thunder Rosa is champion. I forget she's champion half the time. Like in my head, I have to remind myself it's not Britt Baker anymore. And they're, they're not even using her really that well anymore. For a minute, it kind of felt, oh, she's going to win this Owen Hart tournament. She's going to get her belt back. But they just are stalling. They're stalling and stalling and stalling. 
before we're going to get back to Britt Baker as our champion, a PWI released an issue with Jade and Thunder Rosa on the cover. And I thought, I mean, they're both like, like the the seventh and the seventh and eighth best women in this on this brand, I felt like it just it's the position of women's wrestling is a lot worse. I feel it's probably about to maybe it's going in a cycle where it's about to have a boom and it's going to be awesome in a little bit here. But I don't know who would you say has the best women's division right now. I honestly feel even though yeah, WWE is doing well, they are having their issues, especially with SmackDown with Lacey Evans. They're finally deciding to turn her heel yeah. after those weeks and weeks of those vignettes of her trying to be a big baby face, and now we're supposed to hate her. But I feel in all honesty, Impact does the best women's division. Yeah, because well, even yeah, between Tasha Steeles, between Jordan Grace, between Deanna, uh, Ty Valkyrie kind of comes. Those I mean, she's just still as the champ there. Just as oh, a King's Trove. Thank you, Cassidy. That's all we needed, you know. We needed a King's Trove. Now we're ready to yell at you about PCO. No, yeah, I think the women. Thank you. I don't have. Do we do lights? What do we do, Gino? How do we handle this? I don't know how we handle this, man. We gotta figure a way to handle this. Get the lights on. Look, I did it. Holy shit, lights! Does that count? I did lights for the King's Trove. Uh, do you have you have your lights? Are they on? I don't have my lights on. I, they might mess with the green screen test right now mess with the green screen you know it's fine it's we're, we're good oh you, oh my gosh look at your lights this is the craziest ladies we've ever done this is the last episode by the way i forgot to mention the series finale of ladies because next week we are exclusively uh we are exclusively doing a uh what's it called we're only going to be talking about stranger things we're going to watch episode one we're going to break it down we're going to do 10 minute episodes every week of stranger things that's going to be our new show. Gino, did you get the contract? I faxed it over. Damn, I didn't have a contract. I don't have a fax machine. I need to actually get my printer to work and see if it can fax. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, I sent it via fax. My scanner was broken. The fax functions still work. Thank you, Cassidy, so much. Thank you, Ricardio. So, Gino... Um, Yes. I, yeah, Impact's women's division. Four I, I, kids are just as bright and just as talented. Thank white. you. Oh, my. Get drove, Gino. Get my lights back on. My lights are back on. Your lights are back on. Where's that song by Ellie Goulding? Is that, is that her name, Ellie Goulding? Am I saying it right? I think it's Golding or Goulding. I keep forgetting how to pronounce her name either. Yeah, what's that song or is that guy name? I'm doing Popular it. Song. I, we all know it, Gino. Dance party. I thought it would be a little more hype than this. This isn't as hype as I was hoping for, you know? I had a way Wait, where's my lights? They're gone. That's where we dance. A chicken winner! Chicken winner, do you know we gotta change the song real quick? Do you know this song? I don't know. There's many songs out there. I might know it. Might no, this not. one, this one. How do you do it? 
though you're supposed to be dancing. on the podcast is going to make no sense. Another uh, the stay safe, Gino. Yes, people want us to be safe now. You see, we have this amazing dance party. We people want us to be safe while we're talking about the amazing women's division of Impact Wrestling. Oh my gosh, the women's division is so there. It's so good. You're right. Like that's important. Gino, you're doing so good as you're dancing. I loved it. Uh, was there wasn't something else? There was stay safe. What songs about being safe, Gino? I don't know. There's many songs about being safe. There's many songs about being unsafe. Song Gino? I've heard it once or twice before. Are you ready? I think it breaks down for a second. Probably it's like the chorus. Bushwhackers! Keep it about wrestling. Yes, so the women's division of Impact, like just think of where we came from at Slammiversary. Like we had just as bright and just as talented. Thank you for the stay safe. Those are important. Junior, your lights are off now. You can turn them off. That was important. I love the way all that looked. Podcasters, I don't I'm probably gonna leave that in as an advertisement for why you need to be here live. Gino, are you out are you winded too? You know, I am kind of with it, you know, actually just seeing all this dance moves, being a part of this moment and knowing that this is the one and only time we'll have, we might have it one more time, we'll never know, but you need to catch us and watch us live to see if it'll ever happen you know, again. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, that is important. And so, uh, yeah, we just had a Queen of the Mountain match. I think that the uh, the, the women's matches at Against All Odds are better than the men's matches to TBH. So uh, let's dive in Impact Against All Odds. So I finally did watch it. I know we're kind of late passing, so for all the podcasters that are always like, oh, this event already happened because you know the impact diehards listen to Vleeties, right? You know, like you're not getting this kind of impact coverage from any other podcast ever. 
It's true. We're the only people that really talk about Impact Wrestling. We sadly are a week behind, but this is the perfect time to discuss against the odds because of what's happening now with Impact, especially with all the big returns and debuts we're having pretty soon. Yeah, and I was even seeing people like like our good friend Marky D one two three. He kind of popped back into my YouTube uh, feed, and you know he wasn't happy with some of the reveals and returns from Slammiversary. And I didn't watch the whole video, but just from his title, I thought, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you happy? Like, why are you? Like, it was probably the best show we could, other than AJ Styles walking out and doing moves, and other than Jeff Jarrett coming out and hitting people with a guitar and Monty Brown duck fucking clobbering people. Was there any better? Slammiversary. There was no way to have a better Slammiversary than what we had. That's true. There was no way of having a better Slammiversary with all the callbacks, all these big modes, especially being 20 years and having the amazing, shocking show up of AJ Styles and him having to thank Davey, which he does because them allowing this big moment to happen, knowing how major it is for Impact. History. Yeah. No, and it, it was a really cool moment to see AJ. And, you know, it was even fun to see the, the WWE or the AEW guys on WWE when John Cena was there. So. Yeah, there was there was some cool moments like you know you, you got to give it to him. So um, I'm wa- so you're gonna have to remind me of all I watched the pre-show for this one because I watched it on YouTube. It was only like three and three hours and twenty minutes. So I just thought whatever, that's not very long. I'll just watch the whole thing. And I watched uh, your Black Taru match. Now you were very excited for me to watch. Or just you were very excited in general about Black Taru versus Laredo Kid. Uh, now I was not as impressed as you were, I guess. What, what do you like about black Taru? Because I'm, I'm missing something. He, he's a big guy who is a luchador. So he does wrestle a Lucha Libre style. He's not necessarily, he's not Kevin Nash. Uh, but I, there was some spots in this match where I just thought this guy doesn't know how to be his character. He's, he's out there trying to be, uh, El Torito. And that's the whole thing. Is like Black Taru doesn't need to be a character. He is not stuck in one mold. He is unmoldable. You, he is like Clay. That is perfectly free form. He is perfect of a wrestler. He's big, yes. So he has that size advantage. He has that speed that you don't expect someone like Black Taru to have. And have a contrast of a little man that's even faster than him. Of Laredo Kid. I felt this was a good contrast of styles and having just an amazing opening match to first start people off before what became probably match of the night. Yeah. Oh, the next match was match of the night for sure. But this this whole like <laughs> so Black Taru, you just said he doesn't need to be a character. He's wearing a fucking boar's head. Like everything about him is I am a gimmick. I'm just a character. Here I am. And I he it's not like he wrestles like a boar or wrestles even like an intimidating monster. Because when they, when he came out, it was like a scare. Like that's gotta be Black. Like they were treating him like Kane in the Hell in a Cell. So my head is thinking this guy's Kane or this guy's Abyss uh, or this guy's just a big hoss. You know, if JR was here, Black Taroo, he uh, he grew up just outside of Juarez. Okay. Now he was a big, he wanted to play some football, but he was too big. So they put him on the wrestling team. Like he, this guy would have a backstory of he's too big to do this. He's not a he's not an actual luchador. He can do high flying moves. That's great. But just watching him work with Laredo Kid, he wanted to be Laredo Kid. It was like Laredo Kid versus Laredo Kid, which is not always a bad idea. Like when you watch, especially when we talk about one of our favorite guys, Tanahashi. What Tanahashi does in his matches is he doesn't wrestle a Tanahashi match, especially now. He wrestles the opponent he's wrestling. So again, like when you see a Moxley match, again, like the Moxley match, he was wrestling like Moxley. When you see like him versus Ibushi, 
an Ishii. He wrestles like Ishii, he wrestles like Bushi. He wrestles like the opponent has their type of match. Yeah, but they're all his size. They're all his size, yeah. though. That's what's frustrating for Black Taru is, like, if, if Kevin Nash had a match with, with Laredo Kid, and Kevin Nash is jumping to the top rope and trying to do top rope elbows, and they're doing Hurricane Ronas to the outside of the ring, like, all of that would be Vince back there going, like, the fuck is this? And... Like, I don't mean to be real guy wrestling, but just physics alone in this match, I just couldn't believe all the head scissors takeovers. There were so many spots where I thought, oh, Black Tarou is going to stop him. And he wouldn't stop him. He would just wear it. Like, he's he's good at taking bumps. So to him, it's, well, I'll just work like I'm working with Doc Gallows again. Because like, that's kind of the match that I always remember for him that I actually really enjoyed was, like, him and Doc uh, had a pretty good singles match on one of these premium live events. So... Uh, a little, it wasn't the best match because you even said like they're both so good and sure they're good at the aerobics and the flips and like this is a Will Ospreay match like this is Will Ospreay and Ricochet like I'm going to do this and you're going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this we're not really telling a story we're not really having a fake fight we're just sort of getting our shit in and then the marks on the internet are going to love it no matter what I guess that's kind of true. And like, that's thing. With me, I became a Black Tour fan over these years since he came in Impact. Because I didn't really watch AAA that much. But since he came in, I've been watching AAA a lot more recently. I've been seeing like him wrestling these different styles, wrestling like at more of the Lucha Libre style. And I'm just like, I'm surprised with his athleticism still to this day, with how big it is, size, and how well he can change his style depending on who he's working with. yeah if he was wrestling like heavyweight division like i can't name any triple a heavyweights like even johnny nitro would be a better like oh they're both doing flippy shit because even nitro does flippy shit too so you can kind of imagine them two having a having a real barn burner so and we miss triple mania i think or is it coming up i think there is one triple mania that just passed but we do have oh, another one coming fuck i hope it was a better not been johnny mundo versus johnny taru uh, so whatever, too much. We're spending too much time on a on the pre-show match that didn't matter. So I finally, Gino, have. It took me this long. The digital media championship is only defended on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know why it's not. They're not going to call it the YouTube title, but uh, I, I once I saw Rich Swan and uh, Brian Brian Myers were having a match for free on the pre-show. I thought, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is like your main event. Why are you guys? Having this for for free on the YouTube, it's because the whole point of this digital media title is we're not wrestling. You you won't see this on Access TV. You're you're not gonna see this on the pay per view feed. You're gonna watch this on our digital media outlets. Yes, and it's an amazing title, the Digital Media World's title. Sadly, no more, but is the Digital Media Championship for right now. And we had an amazing contest, a no holds barred match, pretty much with. Rich Swan, the current champion, versus the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. I was looking at shirts. I was ready to buy a Brian Myers shirt during this match because we, since he's been doing digital media stuff and since Matt Cardona got hurt, he hasn't really been on TV, I feel. Or he hasn't at least been featured enough for me to, like, all the main events, Brian Myers tonight. Like, he hasn't done any big matches, I feel, on Impact Wrestling. So having him on this digital media stuff, now when my phone goes off in the middle of a day and it goes, the, your week's digital media exclusive. Jim Ross always pops on. Your digital media exclusive this week will be Brian Myers. He'll be in one-on-one action against his former learning tree mate, VSK. So I'm like, oh, I got to watch this match. So if my phone keeps popping up with awesome matches like that, I'm going to have to watch this digital media stuff because I am an Impact Ultimate Insider, Gino. I don't know if I've told you this. I'm like a big fan. I've I've tightened my budget like I've canceled subscriptions. I can't cancel Impact. I feel like I need to help it, you know? 
I get you. You should help it. There's also these amazing content you can watch there, like Sammy Callahan Uncensored, like that one. I think there's only a couple episodes where Josh Alexander talked about X Vision matches, just the history of wrestling in Impact Wrestling. There's a lot of great content, and just all the old pay per views you can watch at any time. Uh, I guess this is. I guess we could do this here. I was gonna say like, let me. I wrote it down. I was like, I, I always have a yellow pad here, just and then my son drew on this part. But I always try and like, okay, don't forget to talk about this. Uh, the authors of Pain. I listened to that podcast where they were on Renee Paquette, the sessions. Did she like make a statement why she changed the name at all? Like, did she just know like, well, oral session sounds like a blowjob reference, which I thought she did that on purpose. And I at first thought she did that on purpose as well, especially that she's had like, I think she had one porn star on her show or like two. I don't remember exactly who all have been on her show. <laughs> she's done this for so long now. So like, again, yeah, the sessions, I think she just changed it because of the context. She's like, you know, I'm just going to move on from it. We're just going to accept this as just a new show altogether. New season. <laughs> this, yeah, we're fresh start. Because she is like, I, I've heard her on Talk as Jericho where she ha- she's funny. You know, she she's more of a comedic person when she talks about her training and how she got into entertainment she always saw herself as more of like doing sketch comedy she didn't really see herself as backstage reporter like she didn't want to be uh like well i guess yeah lillian did interviews she didn't want to be like the lillian garcia or the eden styles for wwe or dasha fuentes she wanted to be uh somebody who had a bit more of a character and was a little more silly and uh, I guess if you're a WWE and you're an attractive blonde, they're not going to let that happen. They're gonna, they're going to let you, they're going to put you into a different role. Because even watching her on Unfiltered or whatever that show was called uh, on the network, it's not like she was very funny, and they didn't let her do much other than interview people in restaurants. So, uh, yeah, I listened to her and AOP. How dumb are AOP? Like I, I I wanted to be on their side a little bit. You know, hey, they have an NFT business and. But they're the guys when you talk about the, like NFTs and you talk about how celeb- how easy it is for celebrities to take advantage of, of simpletons. Like they are the definition of that. Like how important was your your online presence? And all they could talk about was, oh, we're very active in our Discord. And it's like, okay, wait. So you guys didn't like invent the technology. You're not really putting anything out there that is unique to you. You guys hired a designer. And you guys are having your designer make NFTs that you then are pushing to your people in your Discord to purchase. Like, that's all they're doing. Are you in that Discord? Do you know what they're talking about? I am not in their Discord. I do not want to be a part of these type of scam Discords or even fucking people who use other stuff like... uh I think Logan Paul has a, uh, what's the other thing? They want to have a Telegram. They use Telegram, too, which I hate both applications <laughs> because of those using it for their terrible, like, shit coins or NFT businesses. Yeah, well, I was even getting messages from my mom today, like, uh, you know, all these horror stories of people that had, like, thousands and hundreds of do- hundreds of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin, and now it's all in half, and... You know, I even told her, well, it's, I said, yeah, it's ridiculous how much money people put into that. And then I put, but it's only a loss if you pull out your money. Because, you know, it has taken, I mean, it was at like 33000 or something when I bought some. And now it's at twenty. So, yeah, you're almost at a 50% loss. But in my head, pff, I put 400 bucks in. It's just sitting there, you know, total on my, on my cryptocurrency things. So, it's like, pff, it's fine. I've even made money. So, right now, I'm only negative like $130. So and, and you think about the market crashing as much as it did, and I'm still making money off of my stake tokens and stuff. So everyone's freaking out, but it's 
Leave the money in there. Stop looking at it. I know that's the apps incentivize you to open them every day. Earn your rewards. Earn your diamonds. So just ignore it uh, and then just open it every once in a while. Uh, stake some more. Buy more. Whatever you want to do. It's only a loss if you pull it out now. So people are expecting it to get worse, Gino. By the way, welcome to Vleetcoin, my finance podcast that I thought about doing until the market crashed. And I thought, well, I don't know shit. So, uh, yes, Gino, these guys are talking about how important it was for them to just build up their Discord. And and when I'm hearing, like, I was giving relationship advice. And they always talk about uh, China. So the grit didn't play for Ricardio. Ricardio subbed. I know he is, right? Uh, China just unloaded new regulations on crypto. A big sale is coming up. Absolutely. Like that's also with China getting out of the market. Uh, and crypto.com, by the way, I think is headquartered in Hong Kong or Singapore. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll figure it out later, Gino. I, I'm glad Ricardo, Ricardo and I are going to have the, the FinTech podcast. But yeah, I think uh, I, I do think that the um, the, the AOP podcast, like just listening to them talk about, I was a MMA fighter and I was the best. I was a wrestler and I was the best. They were so full of their own shit. It was just so obviously, okay, you guys are just gooning. None of this is real anymore. I, they were just like scamming the entire time. I feel like they were just trying to build up like, hey, we have this NFT business. And now they realized all this money they did make because I do feel their NFT, just like fucking uh, coins are always just like some... If you're very unlucky, are just rug pull businesses where they just take the money as soon as they see a big rise and people don't end putting it in there. They just take it right out. So it just drops for all those people who wasted so much money. Yeah, not to keep talking about crypto, but I, I am only invested in three, four technically. I, I have Coinbase, which I don't really use because I started using that at first, but the fees are so ridiculous. So I have like $9 worth of Ethereum. It was 20 now it's 9 uh, and then I have uh, at the Atom token cause on the Cosmos blockchain. Uh, the only reason I have that is I, I was listening to some crypto podcasts. I heard the lady who's kind of behind that project uh, really enjoyed a lot of the things she had to talk about and what she was saying. And I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's, I, I'll trust this person. Uh, and then uh, the crypto.com coin, clearly the native token. Why wouldn't I, Gino? And then Bitcoin. Those are the four. I don't mess with Doge. I don't mess with Light. I don't mess with any of these other ones. And especially the AOP token. Because clearly, look at the influence of celebrity. Like you're saying with Logan Paul. Logan Paul's selling, you could own one eighth of my Pokemon cards. Like, you know, just shit like that. If I'm getting relationship advice from Razar from AOP, and then he's like, hey, I know that we've been chatting for a couple days now. Uh, we're, we're dropping some NFTs. You're probably going to enjoy them. You know, here they come. And people are like, thanks, Razar. How much are they? Oh, they're $1,000. Well, since we've been hanging out and we're best friends now, I will gladly buy some Razar $1,000 thousand uh, dollar token or NFTs. So, yeah, I, I all of it was such bullshit. I hated how full of themselves they were. And looking back on it, did they have any good matches that didn't include Roderick Strong? I mean, they did have, like, a good match with... Was Roddy part of every Undisputed Era match they had? I thought they had, like, Bobby and O'Reilly. I feel like the okay. best match they ever had was that triple threat with Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong were on one team against Undisputed Era, against AOP, and that was the one, I think, where Roddy turned on Pete Dunne. And that match was awesome. I don't care what anyone says. And AOP, it was cool to have them in it because here's these two hosses while everyone else is little. So, you know, you kind of are expecting these guys to win this match. But, you know, meanwhile, the other guy, one guy turns on the other one. That's how that match ends. So, 
I, I just listened to that whole thing, and I and Renee is so annoying. By the way, I I can't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe when you're looking at her, it's easier. Because you sent me the YouTube link, and I was like, I can't watch this. Like, I'm at work, you know, or I was driving. I can try and find a way to listen to the audio only. So I listened to it. And just, you know, as soon as the guys are done talking, right? Yeah. Like, just, oh, my gosh. And really loud and coming in very clear. Sounded beautiful. Yeah, she has an amazing setup for herself, but like she has to also do the editing for like, and I bet she does do the editing. It's probably her producer does it, tries to equal the audio for like the guests, and sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's perfectly fine. But yeah, the ALP one, you can definitely tell a difference between the two whenever they speak. So moving on to the main card of the, oh, and by the way, is the Digital Media Championship in Impact, is that always a street fight or was that just Brian Myers being hilarious? That was just Brian Myers being hilarious. It's something I also want to bring up really quick because I don't know. Again, you don't watch their Twitter like I do. We do have a match set up for this Digital Media Championship this week because Brian Myers realized, you know, you can't just challenge for this title. You have to earn a championship opportunity. So we're going to have Johnny Swinger. No, it's Ziggy Dice. Ziggy Dice is facing uh, Guru, Guru uh, the uh, dude who's with the dude from Desi Hit Squad. Oh, that's, that, that doesn't... That- you're, you're losing me. You're losing me. We're gonna have a do We're gonna have a nice match eventually with either Dupinder or with Ziggy Dice against Brian Myers. So look forward. coming up in Kentucky this very week, uh, we have Kushida showing up at Impact Wrestling. That's a huge deal. I've I had to do a double take. Kushida is NXT working with Impact, and I forgot that his contract was just it just ended. His contract expired, and he didn't resign. Uh, I, I'm sure they were trying to re-sign him, but uh, he just let it go. I think it's a wise decision for guys that don't fit that Austin Theory mold. Like, if you're not an Austin Theory, it might be time to find a new place to work. Kyle O'Reilly, looking at you guys. So, it, it made sense. It made sense for, for him to walk away. So, that made this match a little more interesting now that I know that knowledge. The Motor City Machine Guns defeated the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Uh, who were very good as the Bullet Club team, by the way. I, I, I watched enough Bullet Club stuff for, uh, for, for to like just to know the rhythm and the rhyme of their matches, and the, you know they did all the two sweet shit that all the marks were fucking playing along with. Um, but <laughs> wait, no, Tyla. I'm reading the chat. I don't want to say it out loud, Tyla. They watch my Trovo. Uh, so this was a fine match, and it makes it more interesting with Kushida showing up at the Derby because everybody's obviously calling for some Time Splitters reunions. Now, here's where I'm confused. Time Splitters is, what, a four-year history, whereas the Motor City Machine Guns is almost 20 years. So how come there's this fondness for the Time Splitters? Were, were they that great? Were you watching New Japan live at the time, or is it all retrospect? There were like one or two matches I did watch live with the Time Splitters before Kushida got signed. Actually, then was kind of in limbo working independence. Like, and I enjoyed their work. I enjoyed Kushida as a tag team guy and then him as singles in WWE. It's like I do have a fondness for it, not as much as Miller Super Machine Guns, but I do feel Shelly and Kushida work amazingly as a tag team. And then when they reformed for the one night only in NXT on TV, which I was excited for, and hopefully we do get to see that soon. But right now, all we know for that Derby show is we're going to have Kushida versus Rich Swan, which should be an amazing match too. Another like callback to Derby, but should be a good match. I have Matthew Raywell and Tom 
Hannafin calling this amazing 205 Live match. Isn't it upsetting, though? Yeah, like, when when you think about all of it, it is 205 Live. Like, Rich Swan Kushida. This is a 205 Live rematch. We have the commentators from 205 Live. Nobody watches 205 Live. But now we're like, here we are on Impact. I can't fucking wait. I, that digital medium at Rich Swan is the worst. I love him now. He's my favorite. Uh, like it's it's bizarre. The way Impact works is bizarre, and I will continue to say this: the expectations are always way lower, and that's why, uh, like that's why I, I think we're more forgiving of what Impact is doing. Like, if WWE was doing similar shit to this, where it's like, you know, hey, this match was on Two Hundred Five Live, now it's on Raw. We'd be like, oh, fuck this. Like, this is so stupid. But the fact that it's, oh, whoa, Impact got some 205 Live guys and they're going to give this match 11 minutes. This is going to be excellent. So uh, big win for the Motor City Machine Guns. I know they're both in their 40s, but when you watch them in the ring together, they still seem like the best tag team that the company has to offer. They do. They have some amazing matches, especially when they're against people who have a really good contrast or even, like, comparison style, like the... Chris Bay and Ace Austin, where they could have these amazing quick, fast-paced matches and they could do all their stuff, get their shit in, do all the amazing spots that they both do in their normal match, but still pull off a match where you think they could win, but they end up losing. Tag Team Wrestling and Impact, I used to always argue, was better. Like That was one of the main reasons to watch Impact Wrestling was because of beer money. Was be, Even before beer money, like America's Most Wanted, to be able to watch Triple X, to be able to watch the Motor City Machine Guns. There were several tag teams where you would watch this show and they would have a unique emphasis on tag team wrestling where in wwe you're always kind of waiting for the split and even wwe they're waiting like montez and dawkins they cannot wait for that moment they did it with shad and jtg for like no reason they did it with darren young and titus twice i think like there's they just constantly are figuring out how do we make these guys the singles uh which impact doesn't do that and so when I watched this this kind of a match, I, I thought, why didn't uh like why didn't the Motor City Machine Guns ever get a look by WWE? I mean, you just mentioned Shelly made it to, to 205 Live or made made it to NXT, right? But he never he never had a match on a Raw or SmackDown. I mean, he discounting a squash match. Nobody I don't need people to go find that. And Chris Saban never did anything in WWE, right? I mean, that's somebody that they just never had any interest in ever. Yeah, it's weird to think about. Yeah, Shelly has like worked there. Be just like Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. All these guys have worked there. But yeah, Saban's one of the indie guys that never really got a look at by WWE for some reason, even though he is one of the best next to Shelly, who I think is like one of the best X Vision stars. Kazarian was on Velocity for a few months. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. The 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 talent always was looking to get to WWE just because that's where the money really was. So the talent that never made it, it's always interesting. Like James Storm was only there for like one TV taping. Bobby Roode, I forget, is there. Like his time has been very forgettable in WWE. Like it's it's kind of bizarre that it just never worked out. I know they talk about, you know, he he's, he doesn't know how to connect with the audience. It's like I I don't know if that's true or not. If we all, you know, but I really like him, so it's not fair, I guess, for me to judge. Like a guy like Drew McIntyre was able to to connect. Bobby Roode, had, like, and, and maybe a, a big portion of it is a DDT finisher. I know we all love that DDT, but can he just do the crippler crossface like he was doing an impact? Come on, give him a move. He he kind of wrestles like Benoit and Triple H. Just let him do both of those. Uh, so, Gino, the next match was surprisingly one of the better matches on this card. Ralphie's favorite match, by the way. Tiana Parazzo and Chelsea Green, uh, who he thought they were the good guys, like, the whole time. 
he he did not like Mickey James or Mia Yim. Like he did not get the booze and the cheers. He loved Chelsea Green. Like and I don't know if that's a, a like a, a sign of sexual attraction at a young age and a young boy. But I mean, she was looking pretty roll tight in this match, Gino. And Tiana and Chelsea got the upset win, in my opinion. Like that's I see a Mia Yim match with her really long fucking entrance. Uh, you, you would assume she got she would get a win here, but uh, no, Deanna and Chelsea pick up the dub. I thought this was probably again one of the better matches on the entire card, especially because yeah, we had Mickey James medium coming out to that mashed up theme, and it's really good. It actually surprisingly went well, and then we had VXT, we had the Virtuosa and the Hot Mess together one more time, coming out to their VXT theme when they were together in NXT for the very short time they were together as a tag team. Onto this is a big moment for them to gain this big moment and to vex me again and Mickey James. Yeah, it was a it was a really good match. Probably, yeah. I'm I'm looking at the card here. Probably uh, we'll we'll have to go through. Maybe we'll give star ratings. Like, uh, don't Stephen Larson do that? Then they give a match. Like, oh no, that's when they do predictions. They do confidence points. We'll have to do like we'll do Meltzer stars. We'll go like, well, the worst match on this card was clearly to Neil Dashwood. So we're going to give that one one star. Uh, now, the second worst match, or the second best match after that one, was the Machine Guns. That gets two stars. So uh, the next match was one you were really excited for me to watch. You said it was going to be good. Uh, I forgot who won while I was watching it, by the way. like You had told me Mike Whoa, Bailey has a title defense. Spliff! Thank you for the mandate spell. Like, yeah, you would, so, you know, you had told me. Mike Bailey is defending the title against Allen Angels, which was an outstanding match, by the way. I haven't finished Impact, but I watched that match, and that match was really freaking good. That was much better than this match. This match with Trey Miguel was stupid. Um, And I wonder, now I know that it was, I know that it was, you know, all, they were just, the knee stuff was so stupid. I, I almost want to watch it with you because they are constantly, every move they do, and then they go, uh, for podcasters, they they grab their knees like I'm trying to do under this table here that nobody can see. Ah, ah, like they're selling it like they tear an ACL every move, but then they get up. They do a running start. They do a vaulting body press, and then they land. Oh, my knee. Oh, gosh. And then they get back up and do a superplex. Oh, my knee. And then they get back up and do a running kick. My knee. Like it just felt so bullshit like you're not adding to the match anymore you're making it worse if you have a hurt knee stop doing all of these moves change your style they didn't change their style at all they just added after the end of every move to go ah my knee i'm the only time yes no one ever changed his style until the finish where mike bailey realized he can't do the ultimate weapon he can't be the final fast super fan that he is so he had to go with a different finish to win the match yes he did so a, different change the style the a different finish where he holds the guy up using his legs as his base and does like pretty much the kenny omega uh, one winged angel two says i love when they switch the knee they're selling after a big move oh my right knee. no it's my left that's right it's my left not it's my left, I'm sure. No, it was the right. My mistake. Uh, the Flamingo Driver is also going to be probably more painful on your knee. 
Because your knee, which I'm led to believe is either you have a torn ACL, your kneecap is out of place. Who knows the damage that's been done to that knee. But if you could stand up with a guy literally on in one arm on your shoulder and slam him down one winked angel style. It, it was such a... Because they even said that, yeah. I think I messaged you that in the Discord. Like, Tom Phillips, like, he had to go in... <laughs> Excalibur. He had to go into his arsenal and pull in a different maneuver. Because the move was so, it was a cool looking move, but after a match where they just kept telling me how hurt everyone's knees were, for him to not win with some sort of a single leg Boston Crab, or to win with some sort of a heel hook, to end with a move that requires him to stand on two feet and drive a guy's head down to the mat was hilarious to me. He had just enough adrenaline just pumping through himself to realize I can go past this pain to hold him on my shoulder and slam him down. And that's a good finish, good move, and it was an exciting match. Not as good as the Allen Angels match, but I think it was a good match. We got to see Allen Five Angels of Dark Order to show why he's one of the best guys and why people need to sign him and why AEW made a mistake not keeping him. <laughs> yeah, Ricardio, winning a match with a single leg Boston crap. Yes, but that's what the story they were telling Ricardio. You have to watch this match. They were acting like they both had torn MCL, PCLs, patellas. Like they couldn't move. Like they were laying there on the mat, like, my leg is destroyed. And then they would pop up. And even Mike Bailey was like shaking his leg, like, I don't know if I could do this. And then he does like this running, spinning kick. I was like, your knee is fucking fine. You guys, this is the worst match I've ever seen. Because. Now, look, the spots are cool, Like, and it was the same with the Taru match. The spots are very cool. But if I'm going to show this to a person who doesn't watch wrestling and say, watch this fight, they would automatically go, this is the fakest fucking shit I've ever watched. Like, This is the, the most choreographed Will Ospreay ricochet match I've ever seen. I would rather watch Will Ospreay. That would be way better. Um I mean, that might be better. And also, <laughs> I do want to bring up, since we're talking about kind of the single leg boss crap, those kinds of finishes... Because Ricario made that little joke. You and I watch New Japan matches. We know, like, young Lions, their finish is a single leg Boston Crab normally. That's the end of a match. It's not something to make fun of because, again, they're learning. They're getting their self up there. So, again, that can be a finish if we want to, like, call back to a New Japan guy if someone actually worked in New Japan. I like matches that end with, like, a snapmare. Like, sometimes I want to be surprised. Like, oh, my gosh, she actually won with the big boot this time. Like, sometimes matches need to end with a Superman punch because if he hits 900 Superman punches and never wins with it, I'm never never going to believe when he pins somebody and oh how did he get the shoulder up like well no no one everyone kicks out from that i've never seen anyone be pinned from that like after someone goes for a suplex and goes for the cover like you need to have a couple of those uh to be able to uh, to be able to make those pinfalls believable you know it's always like like that bobby lashley in theory match was so fun because lashley was kicking out on one and then finally when he got his shoulders down for two like the announcers were like, he's getting closer because he literally was. He went from one count to a two count. That little storytelling goes a long way. It makes theory matches more enjoyable. So, okay, fantastic. Next match, Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Champion. I know they want to put World in all their belts, but if you're going to do that, can you get rid of the knockout part or shorten? let's shorten that up. Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championship match. This match wasn't good, Gino. Did you enjoy this match with with uh, your favorite Rosemary and Taya? I didn't mind this match as much. Like, yes, there were issues, and I kind of do feel it was Tenille's fault more than Giselle Shaw's fault. Yeah, Ricardo in the chat. I'm such a you're such an old man, Vleeties. You want selling and storytelling, yes? Because I've been even listening to some old something to wrestle with, and yeah, when you hear about some of these matches, and like one of the most annoying parts is. 
oh, well, we had so-and-so get jumped after the match, and then they just show up later on in the night like it never happened. Like, you have to be able to tell that story. You talk about continuity and that storytelling. Like, if we say this backstage, why doesn't it matter next week? So when I'm watching a match, it's like if we're doing this move to injure a knee or to set something up, shouldn't it change your offense? Like, why even work on your leg if it's not going to change anything whatsoever? So that's kind of my point. Like, I want some storytelling that at least makes me believe like, okay, cool. Like, uh, I'm trying to, I watched Raw last night. What was, what was some good storytelling on Monday Night Raw? There wasn't much. One thing that annoyed me was, uh, this Miz and AJ Styles feud. I feel like if we were watching wrestling 10 years ago, they wouldn't have been, re- been wrestling each other this much. We would have saved this for a pay per view. Like, former WWE champion, The Miz, former WWE champion, AJ Styles, free TV, doesn't matter. This match sucks. Like, Shouldn't they build the shit anymore? But, you know, this match was terrible. This women's tag match was bad. Giselle Shaw was actually not good in this match, which I was shocked. I thought, I thought, because I've liked her matches in the past, and then I find out she's trans. I'm like, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. And TWFS I'll, says Corda Jade turned heel. She beat up Roxanne Perez? Do you know? And I sadly missed NXT. I didn't watch it this week, so I don't know how she turned heel or if they both turned heel, if Team 2001 are heels now or if they're both baby. According, baby according to every Monday Night Raw commercial break last night, Gino, uh, the, the toxic Malachi attraction. Malachi Black says this is a weird-looking Jeezy. This Jeezy? Don't, don't listen to him. You look great. Um, so, yes, Joe Biden was – I'm just kidding. Um, but yes, uh, Cora Jade was in the corner of Roxanne Perez. She's the project, the pro, the prodigy. I'm gonna say it right. The prodigy, Mike Bennett, Roxanne Perez. She had a title match with uh, well, that's right, Mandy Rose. She's been the champion for so long. So Gino, I can't believe this news. Roxanne, Perez, they're tag champs, aren't they? Oh, they're gonna get rid of those tag belts too. All the tag belts are gonna be gone in WWE for the women. Yes, it's a shame the Team 2001 couldn't last for too long. They eventually had to lose, and they're going to lose these belts to Toxic Attraction. Okay. P- PCO sucks, Gino. Let's talk about this next match. Impact. Oh, we don't have to read all that. The good guys, the good brothers, America's Most Wanted, teaming up with Heath. They defeated Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Kenny King, PCO. Story being told here is PCO is like a good guy. And Honor No More is kind of holding him back. Vincent had to, like, stand up for PCO. Like, no, let PCO in the match. Like, you can trust him. And then he was, you know, they were tagging tagging themselves in, not letting PCO work. How about PCO trying to do a spot off the top rope and damn near killing himself? See, this is the thing. PCO is willing to do these spots at his old age that no one else would even have the balls to do at his age. PCO is someone we should all look up to and see as an idol for us to be like. We could be just as good as just as brave as PCO. We got a new follower. Thank you so much, Marijuana Dawn. We appreciate you joining the discussion here. Uh, Yes, so PCO is terrible. He went for a dive off the top rope and somehow landed on the apron. Like, how (laughs) how did it happen, Gino? What is this? It's gravity. Gravity took the best of this moment. Sadly, it could have been even bigger and more devastating. But yes, he landed pretty much on the apron. It was a really sick spot. He could have died. Anyone could have died there. But PCO is not human. We know this. He's bigger than human. He's stronger than human. PCO is a monster. He's kind of sucks. Like I'm sh- so, and the crowd was chanting for him. So this is like another Dan Housen thing where okay, we like it because it's bad, right? Like this is Sharknado. You know, like. Everybody loves Sharknado. It's like, well, do we though? Like, 
that's kind of how I was feeling about this PCO spot. And this PCO, like, everybody going crazy for PCO. Like, clearly he's not good at this, but we're all just kind of loving the joke that he's not good at this. He's a washed-up WWE guy, so it kind of just makes it fun. It, like, that's all I can think of when I'm watching this stuff, Gino. It, like, is, is it more of a meme, or is it – no, seriously, like, his matches are really good. It could be a bit of both. That's like some yeah. people might do it as like a meme and as a joke. Some people like me who see PCO as like a really good wrestler, especially for his age, be able to do what he's able to do and keep going to the best visibility as a wrestler. <laughs> you you hit it. Goes. You hit it right on the head to the best of his ability. Like that's really the truth. He just isn't good at. He moves so slow and he makes everyone look really bad because they're all like moving in slow motion, trying to work around PCO. Like that's. Okay, how do we make sure PCO gets this top rope move? They're all standing there waiting to get something to happen to them. Like B2 it, says action Mike Jackson does high spots at 70 years old. Gino keep fibbing to defend PCO's <laughs> terrible performance. Yeah, I saw action Mike Jackson at the show in Dallas here where Bloodhunter almost murdered a guy. So I, I watched this match. I want to – I hope I – because he does some dives, and, yeah, it's impressive. Like, yeah, he can do it. He does a, a toe pace to a seat of Mamma Mia. But uh, it's, it's so hard when the events this long to find, like, the exact moment where PCO comes out to fuck things up. Uh, this was – this was because uh, you even said, like, PCO had a great performance. So I was expecting, like, not a meme performance, you know, like just – Everything about this performance was like the shit I hate about PCO, but I think it's, I think you're afraid to admit you like it because he's so shitty. It's, I enjoy him. He's one of the, look at the suicide diver. Oh, what got, the fuck? He gets tagged out. Got what tagged a piece in. of shit. He got tagged in by the worst villain on this show, by the way. Eddie Edwards sucks. Like him as this character might be believable if he was, you know, in shape, but having like this version of Eddie Edwards try and be unlikable and try and be a heel. It's like, oh, nobody even cares, dude. Like, he's so non-threatening looking. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, at least Sammy, even though he's, like, way fatter, still looks terrifying. That's true. Sammy Callahan ended up being a better performer and in a better position right now in 2022 than Eddie Edwards. But look at this. The house <laughs> of fire. Chris Harris, the big man we never thought we would see back in the ring in 2022, showing his talents as a wrestler. This is one of the scariest things I've ever seen is watching Chris Harris try and do a stall suplex on Kenny King. Uh, he looks terrible. What was the Malachi whole? Black says, who is this fat fuck? Yeah, that's Chris Harris, dude. Like, it's such a bum out because Chris Harris legit is one of my, like, when I would watch early day TNA, he was one of the, you got to watch Chris Harris matches. You got to watch AMW. So, yes, there's so many. Oh, wait, I did it. Is this just after the spot where PCL almost dies? Yes. Okay, there it was. Hold on. So here we go. PCO climbing up slowly. Everybody's standing there waiting. Like, okay. Even Eddie Edwards is like, come on. And then, <laughs> Gino, come on. You know it's bad. He's the best. No one else would be willing to take that kind of jump like that. No one could do it like him at that age. See, Maxwell Mike Jackson, yes, he's an amazing wrestler. He's in still a great shape. But PCO in the shape he's in, he'll do what he could do. Look at this. <laughs> Santon. Like, this is the shit where people, this is the Botchamania stuff. Like, this is people want to watch this. They want to watch botches. Even Vincent's, like, laughing. Like, what the fuck is this? What are we doing? I, like, this is this is a, a pay-per-view. I pay five bucks to see this. 
And that's the perfect price. The thing is, I could have been here. It was here in Georgia, but here we go. The best finish of all time. No, we're not Fuck calling. Taking it. Damn it. <laughs> we're not calling the match, you know. The podcasters the can't see this. so They can't see the dead set. I just wanted our live reaction of PCO fucking that up. One of the worst, like, just spots. One of the worst things that I've seen, uh, like, in Impact in a while. Cliff Swa says it was a trust fall. Yeah, really. Well, into the ropes. Yeah, and even all the... Because I watched this on YouTube, so there are comments. There's a chat replay, and everybody's laughing at it. Because now some people are like, PCO, PCO. People love it. Some people are saying Chris Harris can still go. Like, people are pretending that this is a really good. And and look, I was excited to see Chris Harris, too. But once the match started, I was like, uh-oh. I forgot we were wrestling tonight. So, Gino, wasn't too impressed by this one. And I, I, I got to be honest, I was on a trend of not liking this pay-per-view. I didn't think it was going well, uh, and this was one of the best examples for me. It was another 10-man tag, which, like, we know, 10-man tag. We got it. And here, here we are again with Honor No More just jobbing out. Like, who gives a shit? These guys suck anyway. They lose all the time. Well, they win on, like, the TV show, and then when it's a pay-per-view, that's when they lose because they lose the big match, especially losing to, again, the best tag team finish of all time, the death sentence that FTR takes, and AEW has no respect to talk about AEW or talk about fucking Impact, so fuck AEW. We need to talk about the death sentence and how amazing a tag team finish that is. Raven's clock, uh, Clockwork House. <laughs> Clockwork Orange, Clockwork House of Fun. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I've seen it multiple times. It's one of my favorite Stanley Kubrick films. Okay, it's one of your favorites. Now, I've never seen this movie. People are always telling me uh, that it's not very good. Some people are saying it's a cult movie, so like some people really love it. Most people don't. So it's always on the fence. I, I, I don't – I'm never sure like if I'm actually going to enjoy it. it. I watched like the uh, – I hovered over it on Netflix one time. I Was it Netflix? And – I watched like 10 seconds and uh, the British dude from Halloween is in it. And I thought, eh, I don't know if I can watch this movie. It looked, pretty, it looked pretty bad, but you're saying it's amazing, right? It's one of my favorites. Again, Stanley Kubrick films, they do take time. It's slow pace, slow building. Like 2001 Space Odyssey is another classic that I do love rewatching every now and then. Is that Stanley Kubrick as well? Yes, that's another Kubrick film. So it's another slow paced film. What else is really Stanley, Stanley Kubrick? The Shining? He did the... Uh, movie version of Shine, not the actual St uh, Stephen King Shining. He also did uh, Doctor Strange Love, which is another classic I do like, black and white film that he did. Love that film too. Alright, let's watch the trailer. Few other you, you, you talked me into it. Let's watch the trailer and let's just see if this is a movie that I can get behind or enjoy. Um, a Clockwork... Oh my gosh! What is this? I don't want to watch this. You know, Is this a scary movie? I thought it was supposed to be fun, like musical. It's a bit of a horror, but also a bit like musical. It's really a good mix of everything. It's good. There was me, that is Alex, and my three droogs, that is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. And we sat in the Corova milk bar, trying to make up our Razudocs what to do with the evening. The Corova milk bar sold milk plus, which is what we were drinking. Drink of milk. This would sharpen you up and make you ready for a bit of the old ultra violence. Whoa, first time in 4K Ultra HD. So far, I have no idea what this movie's about. So maybe I was way wrong on what I saw. I saw him outside, I didn't even know they were outside. 
some droogies. So in the chat, B2 says it's iconic. I don't know if this is iconic. I would say it's a cult classic. It's There's certain movies, like Big Lebowski is one of these movies that I love to death. I would go dressed up to like Lebowski Fest. Like that would that's a movie that I would do that for. And if somebody asked me how much I or why do I like it, I have trouble explaining it. Like so it even in the chat, like nobody actually watches this movie, but you've seen it. Like you can admit though, is this a cult classic or would you say no, this is Godfather esque greatest movies ever made. I feel that it is more of a cult classic, but there are scenes in this film that there are shots that you do see everywhere that do so. Like scenes are iconic. Like this yeah, moment, Black just says frames. his dog should be leaving. <laughs> so Nathan is not a fan of this movie, and I don't know if he's seen it. Uh, but but yeah, in the chat, like it's a hipster cult classic. Like there were those kids in high school that always were talking about this movie being the best. They would have Clockwork or uh, Clockwork Ownage is their gamer tag and shit. Like people loved this movie, and it was a certain group of people. So yeah, I mean, I I can get it. Like I get that some people, oh, they no, it's so revolutionary, it's so different. And if you know, I mean, that's how I feel about Big Lebowski. So it's definitely got to be. Uh, and then even Ricardo, it's it's got iconic visuals. Let's see. <laughs> the evening's the great time, isn't it, Alex Bond? <laughs> He's enterprising, aggressive, young, bold, vicious. He'll do. Wait, is this like a Nazi movie? Who else could that be? Now it was lovely music that came to my aid. The bit of Beef the old Robin. Ludwig van. So that's like for, so we all kind of know that like out of this whole trailer, which honestly looks like shit, uh, that, that scene I'm familiar with, or at least that idea. I think they even did it in a Mel Gibson movie many years later, ransom or payback or one of those movies that he just kind of did, uh, ransom but yes so yeah the, the 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 visual of like his eyes being like held open like you need to watch whatever's on the screen so i'm assuming this is like some mk ultra shit it's not totally like mk ultra like his whole big point is like his life he's all about the freedom and the exploration that he gets to have of the ultra violence of just doing everything he wants to kill murder rape do all this stuff that he wants to do, and then he realizes from this, from that scene, of being forced to watch, being forced to experience this for hours and hours on end, and he just can't stop seeing it. He then realizes and gets changed to realize that that was a mistake, and he should not act like that with him. Ah, so he shouldn't be murdering people. Okay. Food, all right. Great, sir. Great. Try the wine. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and then, like, yeah, the, the way they're talking and stuff, and, and yeah, the, a lot of the camera work is, yeah, it's, like, it's this weird, like, artistic way to do this, to tell this story. Uh, like, and that's what people, like, it's different because of this. Like, people don't actually talk like this, but it's our movie, and we're trying to, it's an art piece, so we're doing this. Like, try the wine. Like, just the way he's delivering that line. I can imagine when he did the script, he was like, try the wine. Try the wine. And then, yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick or whoever is sitting there going, no, 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 no. Try the wine. (laughs) 
gorgeousness and gorgeousity made flesh. I don't know. It looks stupid, but like it's one of those. Yeah, I mean, everybody just kind of likes it because it was different at the time. It it is this weird movie where I imagine what like when did this come out? Like seventy? When did it come out? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the exact year that came out, but you actually did bring up a good point. It is like an art piece because that's what Kubrick does. Is he doesn't care how many takes he has to do, how many hours, how many days he has to force his actors, his pawns, his pieces to do these takes to make them drive themselves insane, even. He wants perfection in his scenes. Every single frame needs to be perfect in his eyes. Yeah, well, and and this is his, yeah, for him, it's it's artistic. 1971 is when the movie came out. And yeah, just uh, like obviously at that time, it probably was really risque to have somebody so openly making a movie about murder and rape and, and all kinds of weird, you know, brainwashing and shit like that. So yeah, uh, that looked like dog shit, though. I don't know how we even got here, but I love that we did. Um Oh, because this match is the Ravens clock, Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. Uh, Moose defeated Sammy. Or did Moose win? I thought Sammy won. Moose did win because of someone came out. It wasn't or did he win, but then someone came out. But again, what I loved is Raven was there on commentary. We had Sammy Callahan versus Moose. And halfway or like at the end of the match, we got someone ran in and attacked Sammy Callahan from behind. And we oh, finally get that's a big right. moment. That I get to see my man finally getting the big push. <laughs> Macklin, I told you, he's getting this push. It's not for the world title, so you get to be safe for a moment. He's getting a push outside of the world title picture right now. He stinks. Like They really had a lot of faith in him winning that triple threat match with Saban and Jay White. And he has not done anything with it. There must have been shitty reviews. There must be some group of people they listen to. Like, obviously not me. Uh, they probably do listen to Total Nonstop Impact, like the only TNA, like, sanctioned Impact Wrestling podcast. So it is kind of funny, like, when Macklin is being pushed, and I'm like, why? You guys, he was the worst part of his tag team that he was in in WWE. Why are you guys pushing him? to the moon it's because he's banging diana like why are you guys giving him so much like pull back a little bit let it build organically he doesn't have to do mayhem for all and win everything immediately maybe put him in a new tag team where he has some sort of a gimmick that isn't like you know uh, tag him and bag him boys like try maybe yeah try and do something that isn't just malachi black says has mcclin lost weight yet he kind of still a little He's not back to where he was when he showed up, right? You know, like when he showed up in, in Impact, it was, I'm taking this shit serious. Uh, I I was at the Performance Center, and now I've had 90 days to continue working out. And now that I'm with Impact, I'm going to take myself seriously. And then I think last time we saw him, it was a little bit like, uh-oh. Like he's not as firm. We'll say it like that. He's not as firm as he once was. I could agree with that, but he is still in a good enough shape for the performer he is able to perform as well as he can. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him and Sammy Callahan now since Moose can finally be free and do his own thing and be in the main event. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking is that Moose is going to work his way back to Josh Alexander. I don't know who else is next in line for something with Josh. Now I will because I didn't watch. I didn't finish Impact, Uh, but uh, I – we can't skip the women's match. So the clockwork, the orange match was actually really good. And I enjoyed the Lego bit. I watched this part was being watched with Ralph as well. And we were playing with Legos during that spot. Um, so he saw how painful that could be. Uh, and then the broken glass. I thought was a nice touch. So everything about this match was really well done. If you're going to have Sammy lose, obviously have some outside interference that protects him, you know? So uh, really, really well done. Even the Macklin run in, 
I also the only part that was stupid was the referee was like attending to Moose. Like Moose is down and the referee's like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? Are you okay? Squeeze my hand. Are you hurt for real? Squeeze my hand. Are you okay? Meanwhile, Sammy's like standing there. Now this is a no disqualification match where people have been put through tables, there's been barbed wire, there's been Legos and glass. So there's clearly no rules. And then Macklin runs in and attacks of uh, Sammy Callahan and the referee is still going, Hey Moose, squeeze my hand. Are you okay, dude? Like, let me hold on. Squeeze it harder. Are you squeezing it? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you seem like you're good to go, but are you though? Like you can take your time and let me know if you are good to go. If you're not, I really do need to know. Cause I, I'll stop this match. Are you sure? Okay. We're going to, I'm going to turn around now. Okay. I hope everything's done. So why have the referee get distracted if it's no DQ? It's just because that man was not supposed to be in this match. It still is. If you're not in this match, you shouldn't be in this match. So you can't be in this match. So the referee needs to not see you. So he doesn't just say, get out of this match. He want to do his spot, get it in there, get out. And again, the best part of this entire match, I do feel, is Raven just enjoying every bit of it. I loved Raven. <laughs> I actually kind of didn't like it because he doesn't watch Impact. Like they, they brought him out here, and he doesn't watch this show. He doesn't really know, he doesn't really know the characters that well. And he was just sort of like, oh, we got Raven to show up. The crowd, oh, no, Gino. The crowd was sitting on their hands when Raven was announced. Like You would assume at least... Hey, we're in Atlanta. I know it's not really a Raven hotbed, but you would just assume this is an Impact diehard wrestling crowd that paid money to go watch an Impact show. We have Raven. You'd think the place would erupt like uh, like The Rock just returned. Like, no, they were sitting on their hands not giving a shit. Do you think that's because it came after the shitty PCO match? I think it's because they had Raven come out to his, what was it, the theme for, what the fuck was this group? Again, uh, serotonin. It was no, a serotonin theme. Maybe they probably why. forgot the serotonin theme. They're like, that's not Raven's theme. What could they have gone with? But they couldn't go with like Ben the Box. They couldn't go with his like ECW shit because they don't have money for licensing and that. People but, forget Raven. But theme the Rock. So but no, you know, the Rock could come out to no music and the crowd would go, yeah. Like any, like if you just say Raven, the whole place would go ape shit. Watch WrestleMania one. They don't have entrance music. You just. Uh, David Tamartino. Yeah. Like they're all just so excited for whatever's in the ring. They want to watch it. And, oh, this is a big star. Yes. Like, it's not like we all watch wrestling and then like the music is all that like matters to us. Like, like just tell me Raven's there. And who cares what song he came out to? He's had a hundred thousand songs in his career. So whether he's coming out to smells like teen spirit, whether he's coming out to what about me? What about Raven? Like, what doesn't matter what he's coming out to, as long as you the announcer says, joining us on commentary, it's Raven, and the place should fucking go nuts. They should be tearing off their shirts, having just just making out with each other, regardless of gender. And no, everybody was like, "Oh, Raven, he's right there. Check it out, Raven." Yeah, they weren't giving him the response that probably Impact wanted him to do, but I still feel it was a good moment having Raven there, having Raven try to just enjoy the wrestling, enjoy that his match gets to be used again with an Impact Wrestling. The the pop that Bloodhunter got uh, against Carlito at, when I was at that show in Irving was bigger than this Raven pop. So and, and who knows, maybe Hannafin and, and Ray Walt have these microphones that don't pick up crowd pops or something, but it was so silent. Like, no, Raven, you guys. No? 
Oh, did he do something? Did he get canceled? Did he say that? Was he on Tommy Dreamer's side? I don't know whose side he's on, but the thing is, Raven at least was there, and I was excited to see him again. Sadly, I wasn't there live like I could have been if I had the money and resource, but I could have been one of the few people to cheer for Raven for that moment in time, for this and, amazing moment seeing Raven back in Impact. And we're not more. allowing Tommy Dreamer to ever get back into uh, Impact. Can we get rid of Jordan Grace while we're doing these forever bands? Like, how come we don't get Tommy back, but all Jordan has to do is donate 5K? That's a good question. We got to figure out, like, really where all Impact stands in their opinions. Our opinions fine to be done if it's too just on Twitter, but if you do it on a TV show, then no. Yeah, no, terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of Jordan Grace, uh, her and Tasha Steele's had a banger. Uh, really good match. Um, of course, Jordan had to win. That J- Grace driver that they did at the very end looked like it hurt like a motherfucker. So I now I know the referee was doing this, like you know he was throwing up the X. Like no, she's legit hurt. They were doing it so much that I was wondering, okay, maybe she's not. And then when they showed Grace like up the ramp, it was still only Savannah Evans and the referee tending to ta- uh, to Tasha. So I don't think she was hurt for real. Like I think if she was hurt, there would have been like a a Dr. Amon would have came out to to help out. Uh, But no, none of that. It was really, (laughs) it was just, she's laying here hurt. But this was a really good match. There was no way Tasha was going to win the belt back. Jordan just won the belt two weeks ago. That's the toughest part with these premium live events so soon after a pay-per-view. Like it it could, it should just be the fallout. And this match is a fallout, but for your, your first title defense, you know the new champ is not losing his, this belt. What did you think of this match? I really did enjoy this match. Jordan Grace proving that she can win this singles match against the former women's champion to show that even though there was a multi-woman match the last time that got her to win this match, she could have still beaten Tasha Steeles on her own one-on-one without any problem. Yeah, it's uh, so we'll see what – and I haven't finished Impact, so we'll have to see what where we go to after this. But the main event – Something that I was not looking forward to blew my mind. This <laughs> Joe Doring, who I thought sucked, <laughs> like I just kind of thought he's a big generic fucking cowboy boot wearing useless all Japan, you know, just I'm a tall white guy. So I bet the Japanese people will love me. And that's kind of what I assumed his entire career was, which I'm probably right. He had a really, really good match. Now, there were some spots where. And, and maybe I was so into this match, I actually started to enjoy it. He loves clotheslining people. Like, that's, you know, that's that all Japan training. Like, big dude, just start throwing clotheslines if all else fails. Do so many clotheslines that you start picking people up after a clothesline. After a Death Valley driver, you pick the guy up to drop him with a clothesline. This was a clo- yeah. clothesline clinic. It is, and that's the thing he learned from the All Japan, from Stan Hansen's training, right. that, yes, just lariat motherfuckers, knock their heads off and make it look just devastating. Be stiff, but also work it. So, again, he knows how to do it perfectly. He has some of the best lariats I love. Malachi Black Fucking says clothesline is the third move he knows. <laughs> it's it's like the, it's the only move yeah. you need if you're a good enough worker. <laughs> you only need a lariat. I think it's his only move. Like I was loving it by the end, though, because there were spots where you, you were kind of thinking he was setting up for something different. He's like picking up Josh, and you're like, what move is he about to do now? Is he going to do some sort of a powerbomb or a suplex? No, nope, just another clothesline. Like, it was how do we keep Josh Alexander down and give Joe Doing time to recover it was clothesline 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 this match was really good i was very surprised i have to be honest i was expecting 
why is Joe Doring in the main event? I thought this match was going to be like a minute, maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, if this main event was six minutes, that would have made sense. This was a long match, I feel. I don't have the Wikipedia timestamp in front of me, but it's longer than 12 minutes. Like, for a Joe Doring match, this was a marathon. Uh, and for it to end with the C4 spike, who knew that was going to happen? Joe Doring suffers his first loss. Josh Alexander gets the win. And Eric Young was not happy about this loss, Gino. Yes, two members of Violent by Design himself and Joe Dorn could not get the job done to win this title. So we just have one more member, one more chance. That's Diener, who could hopefully win this title from Josh Alexander if he does get that opportunity. But yes, Joe Doring, the Lariats, after Lariats try to knock Josh Alexander's head off, knock him out to give Joe Doring some time to recover, to be prepared to take that win. I thought this was a good story they were telling with the big man and Josh Alexander finally be able to pull himself up and win with that C4 spike on the big dude. Well, you talk about continuity. How come in the video promo leading up to this match, uh, Demore was like, if you don't win, you're gone. Like, I thought this was a do or die for Doring or do or die for Diener or for Violent by Design. And here we are, one week removed. And all that's really happened is Eric's like, what? I can't do an Eric Young impression. <laughs> what? I can't do it. What happened? To, he just says, like, what happened to us? Like, what happened? To, like, this isn't what we had. This wasn't my design. I can't do an Eric Young impression. So is there any follow-up? Or Like, I didn't finish Impact. Did, did they get fired at the end? We will have to see what happens. I don't recall the exact ending of Impact. I missed a little bit of it because I was out and in the room. I need to actually watch it back to see what happened. But I am looking forward to seeing what does occur. Who is the next number one contender? Is it going to be Diener trying to prove himself as the last ditch effort for Violent by Design to hopefully take that title and control the world once again by this? <laughs> hopefully take that title. All right, Josh Alexander's not losing the belt to somebody in Violent by Design. If he was going to lose it, it would have been to Eric Young. And he's not losing it to fucking Diener. Uh, so that happened. That was all very exciting. Uh, I also, before we go, Gino, I watched Raw. Now, um, we're not going to run down the whole thing, but uh, just my general thoughts are this was a good episode of Raw, but everyone hated it. So maybe my expectations are lowering, much like how I enjoy Impact. Like, you know, I think Impact is great. So I'm watching Raw now with these expectations. Like, Hula Raw does this thing where when they show you things that you think are important but they're stupid, it's very aggravating. Uh, but when you're watching three-hour Raw and you see our truth and you're like, oh, that was kind of fun. Like, I haven't seen him in a while. And you see Dominic Mysterio. You're like, where the fuck has he been? And you see uh, a couple different Edge promos or whatever that Bray Wyatt thing is. So, yeah, I thought this was a good Raw is there a main storyline or something? Like, what are people not enjoying about Raw right now? I think it's just because it does seem like they're just repeating the same thing over and over. Even though, yes, there's different matches, it's the same kind of outcome. We have a women's title match, and it ends with a distraction and countout. And having the eyes rigged at the same time, so we have the eyes rigged. The countout happens while also being distracted, so Bianca is extremely protected because they have to protect the champion. They can't just have her beat Carmella twice for some reason. And then they have like matches that actually were good. Like the only match I really enjoyed of this Raw was Finn Balor versus Ray. And that's because Finn's great and Ray is still able to perform the way that he used to in, in this amazing shape that he's in at such an age that he's in. Like we had these good matches, but it's all the same 
when it comes to like the rest of the show, it's just this filler. We have a six man tag that we put up and Dawkins loses because the number one contenders of tag team title match don't deserve to win and have an opportunity to be look strong to prepare themselves for a summer slam for some reason. Well, you want to make it's wrestler math. They're going to look shitty on the way in and then they're going to win the belts like, or Tez is going to turn on Dawkins for being the weak link. Like we are telling some stories here. Uh, just going through, like even reading reading some of the stuff that I, I like, I enjoyed that Finn match was great because it was a clean win, right? I don't think there was too much tomfoolery that helped Finn Balor get that victory. Finn Balor is one of these talents that we're always wondering. Like this is another match, for example, like when I see AJ versus Miz, and then I'm seeing one on one Balor versus Mysterio on a Raw. Like I'm thinking, isn't this like a pay per view match? Like it just. Do we, do we not do that anymore? We don't save like some of these interesting singles matches that we've never seen. We don't save those for pay-per-views. We just want to do them on Raws, which I get. I mean, AEW does. But AEW advertises all their matches going into the show. So that would be a huge difference if they said, like, you know, uh, next week on Monday Night Raw, Rey Mysterio takes on Finn Balor. Like, then you kind of know there's lead-up time to get to that match. Raw, you don't know what's happening next. Like, it literally is just you're sitting here going – La- you know, Jimmy Smith pops in last week. Becky Lynch did this. It's like, oh, okay. Like now we're going to do the Becky Lynch stuff. Okay. Now we're moving on to Finn Balor. Now we're moving on to Alexa bliss. Like you, you kind of are not sure where we're going to go next. And if you just promoted it, like, you know, this is a promoting thing. If you would just say, here's what you need to expect. Here's all the amazing matches that we have. Uh, why did we not, why are we not doing that? You know, like, so, um, I, I, the way it opened with Brock, I love like Cowboy Brock. I like him beating up Otis. I liked, so I thought the show started good. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's like we've seen him do this every time Brock shows up. He's gonna cut a promo, talk shit to Heyman, and then beat someone up. He'll beat up one, two, or three people up at the same time just to make himself look strong. To be able to be like, I'm gonna be stronger than Roman for our match. Right. But also, since you did bring up like Miz and AJ, it's. What they're doing upsets me because they're trying so hard to make AJ this big baby face against Miz. So that way when Logan Paul teams with AJ, Logan looks like a baby face because it's Logan Paul and AJ versus Miz and Ciampa at SummerSlam. You don't think – so is it going to be a tag match? They're not going to try and do singles for Miz and – I mean, AJ needs a match, so it makes sense. Like, if that's what we're kind of building to. It's cool to see Ciampa getting on TV and something relevant. So I'm okay with that. Are you saying there's no way Logan Paul's going to get cheered? Is that kind of what your belief is? That is my belief that no one ever should or will cheer for Logan Paul. They're just trying so hard to be like, if we make Adrian just the biggest baby face in this feud, maybe people will cheer when Logan Paul gets the hot tag. What do you not like about Logan Paul so much? Because this is like we were talking about crypto earlier. You brought up Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul, for all of his faults, you kind of, I mean, I respect the match that he had at WrestleMania. He took the bump. Now he's signing some sort of a contract with WWE. He's, uh, I don't know. He's done some pretty cool things just as far as like being an entrepreneur. Impulsive. He's had interviews with people that you wouldn't think he would interview. Uh, his episode with Arnold Schwarzenegger is great. Episodes with Shapiro are great. Uh, yeah. Wh- wh- where does this hate come from, Gina? I think it's just because like him and Jake, I always feel, are still the kids they are on YouTube, just being the content creators. Team 10 with Jake Paul and then Logan with his whole maverick shit just using kids and trying to manipulate them to buy merch and take money and just give him money like his whole shit like just take advantage of children well and even uh speaking of, well isn't that what wwe does too by hey belts are half off tonight so 
uh, and I agree. Yeah. Like YouTube is a little bit different. Like if they are reaching out to fans individually, like they're, and a lot of it is the fucking parents. Good God. Watch what your kids are doing. Um, and I've watched, I've watched one Logan Paul video. It wasn't even like he was doing anything inappropriate. So it's, Hey, like I'll give him some credit for that. At least the content he creates isn't like you can be whatever gender you want. Tell your parents. Tell your parents they're fucking stupid. Go do whatever you want. Like at least they're just kind of creating like, yo, what's up, low, what's up, low gangsters? Here we are today at the trampoline park. We're gonna be bouncing around. I got the VIP. I got the boys with me. Let's go get it done. And you know it's just silly videos like that. So it's not like he's creating anything harmful. Uh, and yeah, I, like as far as him having a match, I don't think it's impossible for him to get cheers. Like, uh, he's also, uh, what, uh, he's done fighting. So people do respect some of his stuff that he's done, or at least taking the training portion of it seriously. He's gained the respect to some fighters. I'm thinking he's the biggest wrestler in the world now. I mean, he might be the biggest wrestler in WWE's world, but outside WWE, there's so many bigger wrestlers than he. And then Kevin says their ads per second are about eight times what Saturday morning cartoons were. Yeah, again, I'm not letting my kids watch this shit. So, and, and the strippers, pff, uh, cisgendered strippers or what? So, Gino, I'm excited for what they're doing with AJ Styles. His whole career has led to this moment of being Logan Paul's friend. Uh, and he should beat up Logan Paul, too. Like, come on, what are we doing? Um yeah, I thought Swa says Gino, would you go film a gook suicide forest? Whoa, Gino. Isn't that what Logan Paul did? Didn't he go to like some forest? He did go to the Japanese suicide forest and went off track and showed himself seeing a dead body. Well, he saw it. He didn't know he would actually see one. I mean, that's real life. Even though they tell you to follow the track and don't go off track because that's where people kill themselves outside the track. Yeah, but who? just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's true. I mean, and if you're a content creator, and what about on Ghost Adventures? It's like, hey, don't go in there. There's ghosts. And then people go in there. It's like, oh, my God, there's ghosts. Like, what do you want them to do, Gino? Not go see the ghost? Yeah, who would have guessed that Ghost Adventures that is sometimes fake, just like Ghost Adventures that, that was bad. The one uh, that was on Sci-Fi, the Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkaya guested on. What was that one? Wasn't that called Ghost? Was, ghost that, was that Ghost Adventures? Or I was think it ghost was ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters International. Ghost Hunters International. Uh, That's so, even worse. So if you're, saying ghosts, if you're saying Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures is fake, how are we not to believe that the Japanese suicide forest isn't just a myth? Well, I guess that's true. That's why he I wanted to be one of the few people to show this on his YouTube channel that did not get demonetized after showing a dead body on YouTube going against guidelines. So he wanted to prove to us that the dead bodies were real, that people do kill themselves. This Japanese suicide force that is called that for this reason. Aren't he there like embalming videos on YouTube? You can show a dead body. I you can, but I guess it's because it's suicide. That's like it. Suicide is, I guess, against TOS still. I need to check what YouTube's changed because their terms are always changed every fucking day. It's you don't have to check that. But they're okay with. They're you, you, I think you're going to be fine whether or not that's the case or, or not. So it's fine. Ziggler return to beat up theory. What does this mean for the world? Well, what this means is that we have this story with this money in the bank holder theory. He's trying to get help from Seth Rollins. But Dolph Ziggler's getting pissed off because he's like, I had the best cash, so I'm going to teach you how to do it right. So he's going after Theory to try to teach him as well. Everyone's going to slowly start teaching Theory about the proper way to cash in. And Theory's just going to realize, you know, i got to do this on my own. He's going to decide when to cash in. He's going to cash in after WrestleMania when Cody wins the title. <laughs> Hutch said, I think he showed a dead guy hanging. Yeah, like that's what we were talking about. Yeah, he did. He went to the Japanese suicide forest, he being Logan Paul, pronouns, pal. And he's he saw, like... He was told not to go on to this area, and they were just kind of going goofing around. And it's obviously him with his 
hat not on correctly. He's like, yo, guys, this is going to be crazy. Let's go check this out. And then they go into the forest and they see a dead body. And he does make some jokes. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know how to act. I'm nervous. I'm freaking out. So I just make jokes whenever I'm this nervous. Like he was being extra influencer y. Is that a word? And he. That, yeah, he said some stupid things, and obviously everybody was like, you fucking piece of shit. Don't show some guy hanging himself. Although, why is that guy hanging himself? Have a sense of pride. Don't kill yourself. What the fuck? It's because like how society is in Japan is really difficult for some that are kind of weak-minded, especially because the whole six-day work week, all the shit they have to do in Japan. It's a lot difficult for some. Yeah, so difficult you kill yourself. Be thankful you were given life. Enjoy what you do. Make the best of it. Killing yourself isn't going to make it better. Now you're dead. That's fucking. So imagine what your alternative is. If you're dead, imagine you're just in pain for the rest of your life being dead for the rest of your life. Imagine just your. What if this, you know, your soul. Let's get it. Because uh, you always think like this. What if your soul never even leaves your body and you just sit in your vessel in pain, unable to move, unable to 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 like get out of that situation however you die is just what you are for the rest of time as your body decays and that is something to really think about like i do wonder that too like how what is the afterlife how do we get to that point whatever it is like if we kill ourselves we just are stuck in like limbo in between the sense like the earth and actually being able to pass on because we haven't truly accepted to move on even if we do end our own life no, no, yeah, that's the thing. Don't end your own life. I think that's the thing. God gave you a gift, which is life, and you make the most of it. That's the same reason, like, when we talk about the abortion stuff, Gino. People deserve a chance at life because life is a gift. Life is beautiful. You should be able to make your life into what you want it to be. So when people are depressed and they take their own life, it's because they weren't doing it correctly. They weren't trying to make their lives as good as it can be. Or they let something that is insignificant bother them. Or, or like, like the other day, so after Father's Day, there's some story came out after father's day this guy killed himself because he had lost his family like a week before and it's like yeah that's horrific you know he was living his life to the best that he could and he was in a happy place and then once his whole family was gone he lost his purpose he lost his meaning and then he killed himself and it's depressing i mean what a sad story but also on the flip side of that now you got to think the people that he's leaving behind and you also have, like you know let's say his parents were still alive and now now their son just killed himself and also, my I have a feeling my wife would not want that for me. Like, oh my gosh, I'm she dies. It's not like you, but you better kill yourself. Like, no, it's you need to be able to find a way to continue living because you are being given a gift. You have to find purpose too. I think once people find what their purpose is and they're helping more and more people, whether that is through the Islandish Catholic or whether that's through Vleeties or the Gino Show guest hosted by Ryan Van Vliet, like whatever those different means are. Yeah, suicide's still gonna be the worst. Like I, like even with, with uh, what's his face with Robin Williams, everybody, oh my gosh, suicide. And I was just like, no, shouldn't we be mad at him? I was the only one who kept asking, like, what he took himself from us. It's not what he. What, I I think about suicide too. It's not like I do it. Like I've been in a dark place before. I've been I've called my therapist crying and screaming at my phone. Like I didn't do it. Uh, he got to do it, and you're all like, oh my god. Like, no, he took himself from us. And that's true. That's why there are people who realize that, yes, we can be sorry and sad that they are passed away, but we can then use that to push the idea that we need to keep ourselves alive. That's why we can present, like, the suicide hotline and ways to help those that really need that attention, that time, a way to get them 
through these very difficult times. So that way they don't take themselves from us like he did. Spoiler alert. So if anyone watches The Boys on Amazon, here's your spoiler alert. We watched the... So you can just turn it off because I think this is the final thing and then we're going to ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset. No Geezy this week. I might try and record something else. Tomorrow will be the whole fucking show immediately following AEW Dynamite, uh, which is going to be fantastic. Like People at my work are excited to listen to the whole effing show like immediately following Dynamite. They don't listen live, they say, but it's like, dude, I was listening to you and Kevin. It was so fucking funny. I was like, oh, thank you. The Jeff Hardy video is fucking funny. So uh, they love that one. That seems to be the popular one at work because it is like a, a it's a marathon. It's you're walking through us watching Jeff Hardy get pulled over. Jeff Hardy's a popular wrestler that a lot of people know. So he, it's easy for people at work to like, oh, my gosh, you have a Jeff Hardy DUI video. I have to see it. And then we're hilarious in that whole thing. And we feel so bad. Like people were like, you could tell like you're big Jeff Hardy fans. Because we're both like, no, Jeff, come on. We want him to pass the test, but he's so fucking drunk. Um, so, yes, here's your spoiler alert. Uh, the boys. We watched the season finale. I was a little perturbed because, like, I didn't want to know it was the last episode. One of my favorite things about watching or binging shows is I don't really know when seasons end. So, this one was so obviously the season finale. They wrapped everything up really quick and really well. Uh, and season four is already in the works. They're already there. It's been announced. I even heard they're working on a spinoff as well. Like they're trying to play in the boys universe a little more with some other Amazon shows. I've never, I haven't watched their cartoon. Have you watched their cartoon at all? I did watch Diabolical, and that's actually really entertaining. I'd say it's worth watching. It does connect to the boys universe. There's scenes like when Homelander talks with Black Noir, he talks about like talks about Black Noir, him talking when they first met. At this uh, rally he did or speech he did, that actually is part of the diabolical series. Let, let's talk about let's talk about this like we talk about wrestling. Why would Black Noir get killed so like nothingly? Like that was such a you a weird moment in this show's like every character like every main character that has died. Typically, it's a pretty huge moment or an epic moment, or it's just like oh my gosh, like, like uh, Robin getting run through and exploding. That was pretty insane. Uh, Crimson Countess getting blown up. Like there, every time there's a death, it seems to be pretty huge or like significant. Like uh, for Homelander, just rip Noir's like guts out, and then that cartoon's like, it's okay, you tried. That was such a. Why did we spend so much time with Noir if he was just gonna die super easily? I think it's because like we got this closure with Noir's character. We got these moments where yes, the cartoon characters talk about his history, get him to really accept what happened because he was stuck in his own head as like a pretty much a fucking child that he's meant to be because of his brain damage from fucking Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy fucking <laughs> names. Yeah, Soldier Boy fucking him up and making him not be able to think and even like later on with what happened where he realized as a baby he was forced into this life it's like he realized god he wanted to finally make something of his life make something of his last moments so to stand up for himself stand up for what he believed and realize that he's scared he's afraid because he knows soldier boy is gonna kill him and that he wanted to be like homelander be my friend that i know you've been with me for all this time since Soldier Boy was gone since I joined the Seven. And that he tried to trust Homelander and told him the truth. Like, yes, I didn't tell you what happened to your father. I didn't tell you what happened because I was scared. And he then realized it was too late. 
but he at least was brave enough to give him that moment. To You're do going that, too to far. This, <laughs> this is too much. Listen, you know. It's true. Brock Noir is a great character. This and is I so feel analytical for a guy who he might not be dead. That that's... He could be dead. But that's the other thing. Like he also has survived multiple things that could have killed, and he might not be dead, or there could be like clone idea because there is like there's a clone part of the idea, like what happens in the boys' comic books. So again, he could be a clone of him comes in the future, or he could just be dead. Yeah, because they even did the cartoon like kind of fading away, and you'll see us later in the future. So for me, honestly, it was just wow. We wasted a lot of time. So I I am on the if I could do my theory now. Since you had to talk for three and a half minutes. My theory is he's not dead. I, I think that something like we'll even go into the first episode and somehow he's like in a hospital. Him and Stormfront are both still alive. There's some sort of uh, vaught, whatever behind the scenes that they're not telling Homelander about. They're not telling Ashley about. This is super like, well, this, you know, soup, this can be some soups don't die. Soups lately forever. We we work on them and make him make him stay alive. So there, I think Noir is still going to be around, and his mission is still going to be to get revenge on Homelander. We're going to see him working out a lot, trying to get back in shape. Uh, and his his ultimate, you know, it's going to be Arya Stark killing the Night King. It's, uh, spoilers! Whoa, spoilers, everyone on Game of Thrones. But yeah, it's going to be that. Like, there's going to be some training montages because even the Stormfront death. Wasn't really like she just died and they showed it on TV. Like they didn't really do much with that. So I, I have a feeling that we're going to see mo- maybe Congressman Newman or even Stan Edgar has some sort of like secret vault that he's working on. So I don't think we're done with with one Black Noir and uh, everything else. Uh, other than that, seemed like it kind of ended the way we all thought it would. Um, Butcher, what do you mean? You nodded your head because not entirely because like, there were scenes because. Yes, we kind of had an idea that Newman is going to be the vice president, which she ended up becoming, which means that she eventually will become the president, most likely. So what I do wonder is, like, because there's still seeds that have been planted that we don't know how that's going to go and that aren't tied yet. Like, the small thing that I think I brought up to you early on was that uh, Teddy Newman, like uh, that one chick's son, was in the uh, foster care facility. It's like she, he could be involved eventually. And also we had I also, that Newman's it, child gets injected with V. So we have like other people that could get involved later with kids. But I meant this whole season. I just meant this season. Like, oh, and, like I just meant we all knew that like uh, uh, Aaron, what's her name? Starlight. I was going to say Aaron Moriarty. We all know her character. Yeah, Starlight's going to leave the seven. We kind of predicted that. She's going to become one of the boys. Uh, Huey's going to survive. He's not going to take any more of the temp V. We kind of knew that. Uh, or at least if it happened, that was something. Okay, cool. We know what they're going to do with this. Butcher kept doing it. He's gonna he's gonna end up dying. Uh, like there was a lot of and, and Soldier Boy. I thought Soldier Boy was gonna die. I didn't realize they were just gonna gas him and keep him alive still. So now his character is eligible for a big return. Uh, and the stuff with Ryan, we all kind of saw that building where Ryan likes Homelander. He likes that there's somebody there that's not gonna leave him because now that his mom's dead. And Butcher had that episode where, you know, he kind of blows up like, you killed me. You killed your mom. That was with love of my life. So, like, that portion of it, yeah, we kind of saw. And then I loved Homelander killing that guy and the crowd going ape shit. Because, you, like, we talk about the Trump stuff. And, like, that is such a perfect example of, yeah, that was against the rules. He did just murder a guy. But fuck him. He was throwing shit at your son. You're going to let him do that? 
Fuck him. This is God and guns and Homelander. Fuck yeah. Like, I thought that was a great scene and a great moment. So now Homelander has his son. He'll probably be in the seventh and Starlight's gone. Uh, Black Noir's gone. Uh, A-Train is... Uh, <laughs> A-Train just back to me and Vought's... His whole story with, like, his brother and stuff didn't really end well for him, did it? It didn't, but I did like that last scene. It was kind of a beautiful thing. Like, him realizing that he's doing more harm than good trying to do this. Because yeah. A-Train still can't pick a side. He is in between. He still wants to help Vought, but also help the city. So he's doing his own way of doing it. So he's like, oh, killing the fucking guy who murdered and basically like ended my brother's life because now we can't do what he loves to do anymore. That's going to fix everything, but it won't. But then, like, since we're kind of like going through this, since we did like just brush over what happened at the end, when you did see Homelander killed the dude in public, you also see Ryan smile, which is the big thing that I do think is he's realized that I have this power and I can do this and he's excited for it. And also in that last scene, kind of reflects what happened earlier with Homelander in his room, the, and I think it was episode 3 or 4, when he's talking to himself and he realizes that you need to get rid of that shred of humanity, that part that makes people want to love you, that you need that. And now he realizes that he can murder whoever he wants to, and people will love him still. I do so he's going to be free. Like, you do watch the show, like, I mean, you knew, like, that, that whole thing in the Foster thing where they said, yeah, we have to adopt a kid. That was a joke. Like, at least in my head, I thought that was a joke. See, you nod your head. Like, you took it seriously. Like, no, they're going to adopt a kid at some point. Like, no. I thought it was just a funny moment for Huey to – he got out of the foster thing. He's like, okay, I just had to tell him we were going to take a kid. Here's the joke. And you're like, well, they got to take a kid. They're clearly going to take this one that teleports and shit. Like, you were so, like, set on – that's important. I think that was a one-off. It'll never be mentioned again. So, cause even on the, there's other stuff on the internet that I'm seeing here, like 64 things they didn't answer. I'm like, Jesus, 64 of them. Like they're like, and by not answering it, it is probably a lot of that stuff. It is probably a lot of, they mentioned this, we saw this, could this be this? It's gotta be this. So you're not alone in how you're watching this show. I just think it's a television show. And that was a funny joke. Like we have to adopt a kid. What? Cause it's somebody that has kids. That's hilarious. It is hilarious, and it is funny if that is just a one-way joke, but I do think, like, throwaway moments like that, throwaway lines are something they do want you to just, like, not think about, and then if you do, you realize, oh, shit, it's still Will's child. He'll probably, even though he was just a little baby, might still remember that it was Homelander that killed his mom and not Butcher, like the fucking media kept saying for a long time. Uh, the soup named Termite, who was briefly seen in, in season one, returns at the start of season three. I don't even remember that. Uh, music from Billy Joel is featured in the season three premiere, Uptown Girl. We know that. Huey's dad makes a brief appearance. Uh, he was put in protective custody by the CIA. Um, yeah, so there were notes in there. Um, <laughs> detail 56, all naked males shown, not one naked female. There was no uh, breast this season. There was, I feel like, a hero gasm. I think we saw some titties. There might have been like either like shadow or you do see them, but you are like it's under the camera frame so you kind of like see the nipple at least of the one and one or two scenes i try to remember i might watch back just to see if we do see any naked women yeah this was a um i don't know so the show is obviously really good i i enjoyed i enjoyed this season i think it, it was all really well done sometimes i'm worried when i'm watching a show like this that i binged and now i gotta watch week to week how are they gonna live up to that like when it ended i thought oh shit I had the moment of I might just start this over, but I didn't start it over. Gino, I watched another episode of Attack on Titan, 
So I might watch that show. Aaron's alive. Uh, spoiler alerts, everybody. Spoiler alerts. Aaron's alive. He can turn into a Titan. He's not sure how he can do it. He's got to get to the cellar. Yes, that's a great part of the show. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but Attack of Titan is amazing anime. Looking forward to when you do get caught up. Oh, eventually finish. Dude, it's, it's coming. It's it, Yeah, I I was very, very uh, impressed with that episode. I was like, you know what? Why? Let's just keep watching it. It's been a while since I watched some anime. Yeah, Ricardo in the chat. We saw those old naked ladies that Soldier Boy wanted to bang. So, yeah, that's very true. We did have some. Uh, we did get a little bit of, of naked females. So, yes, I will watch more of Attack on Titan. Dakota says it's the best show. So, I will let you know which episode I'm on. Maybe we can do like a, uh, a, you know, an anime hole. And now that we're done with the boys, maybe we have some episodes of Attack on Titan to to talk about a little bit here. But Malachi Black says I heard Gino applied for a job at Walgreens. No, you didn't, Gino. You didn't apply for shit, did you? Not this week, Sadler. But next <laughs> week I probably will. Maybe you don't have to though. That's what I want to. I want to stress this. You don't have to apply for anything. We need you to watch more wrestling. And we need you to watch more anime. And we need you to watch Clockwork Orange. Hell yeah, I wouldn't mind rewatching Clockwork Orange. And I'm looking forward to watching AEW tomorrow, where we're going to see again, just like AEW is known for, one woman's match is the only thing announced on the card. Let's else is go. Matches. Let's go. I wonder where that one woman's match is going to be booked on the card. I wonder if it's going to be the same. Gino, are you working out tonight? Are the boys working out? Are we all getting together? I was doing some DDP yoga with Ralph earlier. He was loving it. Nice. I actually was doing a little bit like some push-ups earlier. I'd end up like sleeping in today because I'm going to be like really tired. And I do need to like get better on my sleep schedule, so I might go to sleep a little bit after. What is your sleep schedule? What does it look like? What time do you wake up? I wake up like it depends like on the day. Like I've been trying to keep myself to try to wake up at like 7, 30, 8 o'clock and just stay awake. But sometimes my body just for some reason just shuts down, makes me go to sleep halfway through the day and wakes up at like 6, 7 p.m. You know why that happens. <laughs> Don't I, mean, I do, and I do need to work on fixing that. Too. My body does this because I'm stationary all day, so it just shuts back down. Like, yeah, if you worked out or had a routine, your body wouldn't want to do that. Like, that's that's become your routine. And maybe, let me ask you this, you know, you could say no. Are you on any, like, Lexapros? Are you on any Latudas or anything like that? Currently, I'm not taking any form of Because when I was on that stuff, it would knock me out. Like, they were like, oh, you're depressed? Go to sleep. Like, that was their excuse was like, fucking take a nap then, you piece of shit. And that was what they literally told me. My, my I, I, I saw a psychiatrist once. It was the biggest mistake. I have a therapist, and I like her. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, and then when I met this psychiatrist, it was like, here's some drugs. Take a nap, you piece of shit. And now I'm awake, dude. This is great. So... Yeah, Gino, maybe just get a work. Like, your you, your mom's taking care of you, right? You're set. Like, you got a place to lay up food. You're, you're fine. You could just become a fitness junkie and just be the most fit guy on the planet. I can. And, like, the biggest issue, again, with us having food in this house, so my other big issue, and I do need to, like, work on mentally to do that, is portion control. That's something I do need to, like, work on as well. Oh, That's a big issue. That's the, hey, look at this face fat. I'm with you on that. I always tell people I've never been full in my life. Like, I don't know what that's like. If I'm at a barbecue and there's extra burgers, I'm making sure the burgers are gone. I'm also poor. So it's like I grew up, like, we got to eat all this food, otherwise it's going to go bad. So we got to eat it all. And yes, so I, I know the feeling, you know, so they're doing daily burn in a minute here, right after Vleeties. I think you should get in a good workout, 
And then that'll help you actually sleep, which a lot of people don't realize that. A good workout that pumps you up also helps you come back down. And Split you'll get a better says, sleep. Gino, intermittent fasting, you lose weight doing nothing. That's actually a good point, too. Like, if you just ate from, like, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and didn't eat any other hours, you'd probably lose some weight. I'll keep that in mind, actually. I was thinking about intermittent fasting. If that is a natural, like, good way of doing it, if it's healthy, and I'll try that myself, actually. Find a perfect amount of time where I'm awake, where I just eat and then don't eat after the rest of the day. Yeah. No saying, Gino. Hell yeah, that's... I actually also was looking at like the keto diet, but I don't think that would be that healthy because there is the whole ketosis, which I don't think would be perfect for like a bigger guy like me to get into. No, it's perfect. Right Just now. don't eat sugar and carbs. That's all keto is. Everybody always tries to act like keto is like, you got to pee on the strips and get in ketosis. Like, no, just don't eat sugar, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. It has no benefits for you. And don't have carbs. And also, don't do fake sweeteners either. All right, kids out there, no more fake sweeteners. Drink your coffee with just cream. Like, I love these people that are like, well, I got to have stevia or something. Like, no, just don't have sweet coffee. You're a man. Don't You don't need sweets. That's true. No one needs sweets. The only kind of sweets you need is just the excitement of watching AEW wrestling every Wednesday night. G uh, Kevin likes it black. So I was drinking black coffee for a while. And if I could talk about being a man, you know, it would upset my tummy. My tummy would get so upset. So then I read, well, it's because coffee is an acid. So you need milk, which is a base. And then I read some article about how that's how coffee like was supposed to be drank. And I was like, whatever the fuck that means. So then I drank it. It was awesome, Gino. So, yes, uh, we're going to do some daily burn. Hopefully it's that uh, chick that Kevin was showing me. Th that chick, she reminds me of Sting in 1997. She's great. I'm ready to move forward with her as the champion. But she's not tan. You know what I mean, Gino? Yeah, I know what you mean. That's what Hulk Hogan was all about. No one's tan. You shouldn't be champion if you're not tan. You need to be, or at least look like you give a shit, you know? I want to see hot chick, but also be tan. I don't think I'm asking for much. So if I'm going to work out, she's got to look a certain way. And we're all doing this class that we're all paying for. Kevin has us paying a group rate. So, Gino, since we're paying the group rate, we're going to do some daily burn. Any part, I think we covered it all. Against all odds, Monday Night Raw. Uh, you and Jordan Grace and... and you're always sticking up for her, even when she's in the wrong. Like, I remember I was on Team Agogo. Now I'm on Team Chris Benoit, I guess. Or I'm even, I'm still on her team where it's like, just tweet your dumb opinion and ignore it. Don't donate $5,000. What the fuck's wrong with you? I know, and this was just an amazing night, us discussing pretty much everything, us looking forward to tomorrow with the one woman's match, which I wonder if it will be the second-to-last match of the card right behind the Triple Threat Tag Team title match we're going to have. But AEW is going to be an amazing night. Christian's going to be the highlight, as it always is. Ah, Gino, I'm loving this flexing, dude. Let's see some flexes, Gino. Where you at? Listen, I don't have that much muscle mass, so I just I'm I'm good, right? Look at these traps. I'll show it off this straight. Look like Brock Lesnar if he was tan. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The Samoan Brock Lesnar. Fucking pale piece of shit, Brock Lesnar. Fucking tan a little bit. Be a fucking world champion by brunch, you know what I mean, Gino? Yeah, he'd be able to actually beat Rome, but no, because he's so fucking pale, he's gonna lose in ten minutes. Gino, if you just Now Lock High Black says I want to see Geno's resume. It's a CV, it's a curriculum vitae here in America. And Gino, don't you don't even need to do your resume. Actually, you know, do your resume and just say you were on Vladies for the past two years. And if they ask what that is, say, uh well it's a podcast and uh, I, I like to do it. It's fun. So and then they'll ask like, well what did you do? Well I actually had to do a lot of prep work and a lot of studying. 
Uh, I actually hate professional wrestling, but since it was a wrestling podcast, I would have to watch so much wrestling. Like, I mean, I watched every single day. Monday Night Raw. Tuesday was NXT. Wednesday was Dynamite. Thursday was Impact. Friday was SmackDown. Saturdays, I would catch stuff for New Japan. Like, I was so fucking busy, but that's how dedicated I am, and I would love to work here. Just use that, okay, Gino? Hell yeah, I think that's a perfect idea that I'll actually go and use next time. I'll add that to my resume that I've been doing this podcast for two years. Just entertainment, just this content creation for two years. Making sure I present this idea and do everything I can to add and make it seem like it's more than what it really is. Yeah, just pretend. Or say you're from another country. I've heard that people do this. So this, is, this isn't race related, okay? An Indian guy told me that other Indian people do this. They moved to America... With like, and then maybe they went to school, maybe they didn't. But they'll say they have a college degree from some university that doesn't exist. But since it's in India, they can't really verify it. So they come in and they lie about how old they are, how much experience they have, what university they went to, and then they get these high-paying IT jobs. And since they're good at it, they don't get fired or anything. So it's like, don't worry about me. I was able to get the job because I have forty-five years of experience. It's like, how old are you? I am twenty-six. So Gino, take advice from that. Everybody have a good night. Let's do some daily burn, Gino. I'll see you in the daily burn chat. Yeah, I'll see you guys later on tonight at some point in time. And the daily burn chat. In the daily burn chat. Say that part. Maybe so. Who knows how the night will go. I know how it will go. It will go in the daily burn chat. This is going to be great, Gino. So let's stick around for daily burn. Some of us have to go to work in the morning, Gino. See, if you were going to work in the morning, you could use that as your excuse. Like, I got to go to sleep, guys. I got to be at work in like seven hours. Like, you could use that. But you got to have that to do that. So since you literally have none excuse, let's do it, Gino. Daily burn, Gino. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll see if I'll be able to No, we're not going to see you. No, we're not going to see No, we're going to do it, Gino. It's going to be fucking fantastic. I thought you were a doer. I have. I cut out the clip of you saying that, and I'm going to use it for something. I'm just not sure. I'm aware anyone would have cut that out at some point in time and used it for something that it means the opposite of. Wasn't yes. it so funny hearing you like try and say it, though? Because you're just like, I'm a doer. Like There was nothing like, I'm over here yelling at like Johnny Woo from Pain and Gain. I'm a doer! Like I was so fucking ready. And you're just kind of like, I could be a doer. Or I I might become a doer. I'm a doer. Like you just you got more and more defeated as you started to admit that you're a doer, Gino. Let's work out now. We don't need daily burn. How much room do you have? Can you just can you toss that chair aside? What I can do and what I did actually find out that I could make space in this little hallway outside the store frame. I actually was gonna do proper push ups. That's why I was doing proper push ups and sit ups. All right, well, Kevin Kevin says we have an easy one today. Let's just stick around Slip and see Swa what says, it is. says, Gino, modify any way you feel helps you make YRG your own. Hopefully, you know, I was doing YRG earlier with Ralph. It was hilarious. And Gino, so you're throwing push-ups around. You said you're doing four sets of 20? I was doing, yeah, four sets of 20 or 15, depending on like, if I might be a little bit sore the day. Do you have an Pretty Apple track. Watch? We could be Apple Watch workout friends. I don't have an Apple Watch that. I just have my cell phone, so I at least use that, have some like, music going at least to motivate me while I'm just Dude, doing what I can with squats and sit-ups and push-ups. Look at that shit. It's, it's not turning on. I got all my rings closed, dude. I fucking got it. I actually did back this morning. I was doing some rack pulls where you put like you do like a deadlift, but the racks are like the bars like just below your knee and the rack. You just fucking pull it. 
You pull it, Gino. Just as bright and just as talented. Thank you for the Stacey. Let's get out of here. Thank you, Cassidy. We're going to do some some daily burn. If you're here live, thank you so much. Daily burn time. Stick around, and I'll see you guys tomorrow night for the whole fucking show. You can dance, Gino. Get your heart rate going. Get warmed up. I remember times I had a oh, hydrate. Gino, get, get hydrated. Hey, what I want to be. Lockheed Black says Gino do something it looks so awkward.